Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. to finally show up, right? As we're going on air. I made it. You made it, but your volume's very low. It is. I didn't mean to get rid of the music. Guess what, guys? It's actually going to fade tonight. Yay! <laughs> we love that. Guys, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. I do know what that means. Can you hear me better? Yeah. I mean, I can hear you and all the movement of your microphone a lot better. Well, that's good, because one was the other, so. (laughs) Oh, man, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the Mark Order Podcast after Dynamite here at 1015 on the Shining Wizards Network. It is our trio's title team. It is Kate the Great. It's Ryan Schlong. It's Aunt Money. Look at that, guys. Hear that? Listen to that fade. It's, it's kinda, almost sexual. I kind of so missed the, the, the abrupt cutoff, though. That was like tradition to just... It was, but no longer. And that's also, I finally, I had started that air raid siren thing like months and months ago. And I, I was remember to, that vaguely. I was, I was going to make it like obnoxiously long. Like I was going to make that air raid siren go on a lot longer. And then when I picked it back up and listened to it, I was like, that's really fucking annoying. <laughs> it would be like, it would be like. Air, air raids are very annoying. Well, because I wanted to try to get it, you know, when the air raid sounds and it increases and then slows down and re-increases, like, I wanted to try to catch that, but that's like, you have to wait like 30 seconds before it starts to subside. So I was like, uh, yeah, uh, I guess we're not going to do that. I'm just going to finish that. But I did put the fade on it. It sounds great. Yeah, that worked perfect. Like I said, I was... wasn't that didn't work? It was that some part of me is now longing for yesteryear. <laughs> yeah, it's a new the... era. the The non Cody era gets the fade because he kind of has faded out of the picture. Of oh, no, he has. To be honest, he has not. And we're gonna talk about Cody. We're not gonna. We're not gonna bury the lead here. We're gonna talk about it right away, I guess. But before we get going, you know, should ask how's everybody doing? Everybody good? pretty good it's the wrestling news cycle is such that keith lee and us going to dynamite a week ago feels like six years ago like it feels like that was so long ago and i was like damn that was just last week like what the fuck (laughs) yeah it's like we had an amazing well i think i i honestly did not go back and watch 
the Atlantic City Dynamite episode yet. I just haven't had a chance. To be honest, work is still destroying my life. Um, so um, so I haven't had a chance to really go back and watch it. Um, but I thought it was a really great episode. And we're riding high into tonight. And the news cycle turns abruptly to the left when the news comes out of nowhere. If you've been living under a rock, then you haven't heard this. But if you are a wrestling fan in any capacity, um, reports came out and the announcement was done on the 15th. We couldn't even get 24 hours past fucking Valentine's Day. Everybody's feeling good. They had a great night, a romantic evening with their loved one. And then you find out that Cody and Brandy Rhodes are leaving AEW. What? What on earth? At a left field. It was uh, February 15th. All Elite Wrestling on Twitter put out the statement. Thank you, Cody and Brandy Rhodes, along with the... uh, with the statement, Cody and Brandy Rhodes were integral to the launch of All Elite Wrestling. Cody's ability combined with his boldness and his passion for our industry and his love for community outreach helped AEW deliver on our mission to give fans what they needed for far too long. Something new, innovative, and lasting. Brandy helped us shape the AEW story, and I appreciate how hard she fought for us both in the ring and out of the ring, competing in the women's division while advancing our efforts at inclusion and civic causes, including great partnerships with Culture City and the American Heart Association. I have immense respect and appreciation for Cody and Brandy and wish them both the best as they move on from AEW. Thank you, Cody and Brandy. Sincerely yours, Tony Khan, CEO, President, general manager, head of creative, all elite wrestling, maybe add a full-time booker to that too, because more and more stuff has started to leak out. I mean, guys, it was crazy news. I think everybody was kind of like, where did this come from? I think we all assumed we were being worked uh, when, you know, he was in the ring kind of throwing out the shot. This wasn't the contract I expected. Um. And then he leaves, but the rumors that have come out, and we're, we're going to obviously talk about this as a group. I just want to make sure we get all the facts and rumors out there that um, Wrestling Observer says that uh, most in AEW uh, thought everything was fine with Cody and he would re-sign with the company all the way up until it was announced that he and Brandy were leaving. Uh, the word was that there were no issues between EVPs over the last year. Things were pretty good between them. But, you know, who knows? And then the news came out, uh, I think it was today, this afternoon or midday, uh, that, um, you know, uh, I think Wade Keller uh, in a podcast uh, or in his podcast said um, that it was a financial issue. But, you know, who knows? This is all hearsay. And uh, he said that from what he was told, Cody asked for more money than what TK was willing to spend. There are also rumors out there that are saying uh, it was um, a booking kind of power issue. I guess he wanted more power to book the show, but they weren't ready to give that up. Uh, So who knows? Uh, Listen, there's nothing official out there. I think eventually we'll find out what's going to happen. And everybody is talking about it's a pretty much not if, but when Cody's going to show back up in the Federation where he was formerly known as Stardust. So, guys, what the fuck is going on? Well, some fun behind the scenes on this one. Uh, About seven minutes 
and Sean mentioned this, so I feel like I can mention it. About seven minutes before uh, I was supposed to record SmackDown and Rampage post show with Sean, he, I mean, literally right before we went on air, he was just like, I don't think I have the weekend off anymore. <laughs> he was like, I want to watch my Bengals in the Super Bowl, and that's it. Um, they did, Fightful broke it right before they put out those statements. Um, and yeah, there's not like a ton of details. It does seem inevitable that he's going to go to WWE. The only thing that I know for sure is that WWE is handing out obscene amounts of money right now. And part of the reason that they made so many of their cuts due to budget is because that budget is legitimately seems to be being funneled into insane contracts for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and opportunities like this. I think they know that the door is going to swing the other way. Um, as far as I like know and, and read, which is all stuff that's on Fightful now, like um, it, it wasn't like it, it's Cody has never left anywhere, not on amicable terms from my understanding. Like Sean said that, leaving ROH, leaving WWE, even though he was creatively frustrated, like the interpersonal relationships that he had everywhere he's gone have been very good. Um, which makes me think that it, that it is probably something more financial leaning, like WWE just is, is sending fuck you money out (laughs) to people to get them. Um, I, what they're doing creatively over there. I don't know if there's enough money in the world that you could pay me like if I'm already making a million dollars for what they're doing. Um, but it definitely is surprising to see the the first person to go the other way, I think, um, be in, in EVP. Like, I don't think anybody thought that. But like six weeks ago, Sean reported that uh, Cody was working without a contract. And that... I had no idea at that point that he was like, seriously, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, you talked to WWE so you can leverage over here. I never in a million years would have thought that like Cody Rhodes, who like has given so many, and I know they're, they're promos, they're all works, but like, it's been a lot of, I mean, he took a a sledgehammer to the throne of (laughs) the symbolic Triple H throne when this company started. So um, and there's so much BTE stuff out there of them like taking shots uh, before AEW even existed about like being WWE drones. So definitely surprising to me. Um, I know there was also a report that I think was at, at Body Slam that months ago there were issues between the EVPs and that it looked like Tony Khan had taken back control to stop the infighting between the four EVPs, which makes sense when you have four EVPs um, that you would want somebody in there who's going to be able to make the final say. So it it could be a lot of different things. It could be an amalgamation of all those things. He might've felt like as he was getting, you know, less control and notoriety as bigger names were coming in, like, well, if I'm going to be a cog in the wheel somewhere, I might as well go do that and make an obscene amount of money and then see where I'm at in three years or whatever that contract's going to look like. So, um, just definitely odd. I really thought the first person to go over there would have been like Brian Cage or someone. <laughs> like it definitely right. didn't have the guy whose idea this was. But mm. man, you know, carnies are gonna carny. So um we'll see. It just seems so crazy. Um with all the the news that's out there about 
the um, morale at the WWE right now, the numbers that they're putting up, you know, they're doing two for one WrestleMania tickets. Um, you know, it just seems, and the fact that nobody has creative control, nobody books, like, it just seems like a crazy idea that you would, again, leave a place where you're a leader to go be an employee. And yes, money is a great motivator, I guess. But what, like, I'd love to know what that amount of money is to forget about Stardust. You know what I mean? Like, well, how- you can negotiate. They don't usually do it, but they might make an exception for something that's as big of a steal for them. Um, you can sometimes negotiate like right of refusals for your creative. I think it's very, very rare. Um, and you can also, my big thing was like, he fought so hard legally to get all the names from like, you know, all of his dad's stuff back and whatever. Yep. Like, you can also negotiate that in contracts. So, assuming and this is not like a totally foregone conclusion it seems like it but nothing's been signed yet um you can negotiate all that in your contract so if he had one thing that's a sticking point he might be like fuck you but he also might he might be looking at 10 to 15 million dollars over three years understanding that maybe he has six good months in it like when he gets there they probably push him really hard and then he falls off cliff like everybody else sure um and might just be like, well, that's worth an extra $10 million at the end of this, or I'll probably get cut or whatever. Um, so it's it'll just be interesting to see how much we find out about, A, the amount that he's paid, and B, if there's ever details that emerge from what the contract looks like as far as a brand ownership perspective goes. Um, and as far as a, like, if he gets any creative refusal stuff goes. Um he seems like the kind of dude that would do a stardust spot for the hop of being a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, like he seems like he would put stardust on like to make a point or whatever. Sure. Um, Until they're like, you know, that's great. We love what you're doing. with. Why that, don't but- you keep doing that? And then I- when he says no, they're like, Oh, you know what? We don't really have anything for you right now. No. Go join Mustafa Ali in the back. Um, but I also don't think they would do stardust for that long of a run without gold dust being there like that makes really no sense so um just a very odd situation i know on on select uh fightful had said that like people started to become suspicious because cody and brandy weren't even in atlantic city last week and it was like to not have him there when like keith lee was debuting and when switchblade was debuting when they have so much history is Right. certainly a very odd thing so i think people started to be like oh damn like maybe this this isn't working out i know they tried to negotiate for the past six weeks and just couldn't come to terms i think everybody involved wanted to which to me that all just sounds so like financial and probably creative but like if it was creative he wouldn't be going to the other place because the creative there fucking sucks so to me that smells <laughs> very much yeah like they gave him cm punk money essentially but we'll find out i'm sure the other thing i saw was the fact that um i guess uh again this is rumored nothing confirmed but the thought is that uh tk is waiting for their tv deal to renew before they start unleashing giant amounts of money on contracts again now i know he's got 
you know, his own cash. But, um, you know, the what I had seen was there are some thoughts that they're waiting to re-up their TV contract because they're expected to get some more money and now he sure. can go spend more. So you can't give out those big, big contracts until you get that deal, right? So I don't know. It seems like the writings on the wall that the money was really far apart and that was the major sticking point. I just, Ryan, you're awfully quiet. You're usually positive. I mean, is this, and that's not a shot. I'm just saying like, this is, where's the positive in this man? I don't, I mean, again, good for Cody. If you're making a ton of money and that's what you want. Cool. But that's the positive though. I think if you're going to look not from a fan's perspective, from a fan's perspective, I'll talk about in a second, but from like the individuals involved, this isn't a situation where a guy leaves his company and we're like, oh, crap, where is he going to go? Who's going to pay him? It's a guy who's going to leave his company and go make what is reported to be insane amounts of money. Just utterly insane for a wrestler who, listen, I love Cody. He is not going to, like, I know he's a main carter in some words, but that's not going to last long there. So you're going to be paying insane amounts of money to drop down. So the positive is Cody Rhodes is getting... I mean, he kind of already had fuck you money, but he's definitely getting fuck you money at this point. Like, if he if he lived out that contract and he gets $15 million for three years, I mean, and all the other shit he has going on. That being said, from a fan's perspective, a fan of Cody Rhodes, because I'm actually a, a fan of Cody Rhodes. Even at his worst, I was a big fan of Cody. Sure. I don't, I don't like it because I don't like whatever I think. the dub, I, Granted, I will wait and see. Um, I don't watch a lot of WWE, so... I will literally tune in just for him and see what they do. Um, so they will get me my initial view, but I'm not thrilled with what I think WWE Cody will be. The advantages of Cody and AEW was he could say what he wanted and do what he wanted. I right. know he wasn't booking. Um, I don't pretend to, to know what goes on backstage at AEW, but you can't tell me a, a lot of what was going on wasn't, at least heavily influenced by him. It had so many, you know, the matches were designed the way he wanted. They had so many dusty style moves. He was in his own feuds, doing his own thing. So like his guys were still very much around. It, it definitely felt like he, he still had influence. I, I don't think he's, I don't No matter what kind of creative he gets in WWE. I still think he had more control in AEW. There's just no way. Yeah. I mean, I'm shocked. Oh, okay, go. Uh, no, I was gonna say. I mean, the the word from from the inside was that you know in AEW these guys kind of get to call their own creative shots, right? There's no essentially creative team, right? Like so, now you're going back to a place where they've got a whole team who only does creative. It all has to go through the old man at the top. And, you know, we've heard the nightmare stories of guys who have jump shipped to come to AEW, right? Look at FTR. Look at Ali, who's dying to leave the company and do anything. Keith at, Lee is, is now Cole, over here. I think, is, is like the prime example of that. Like, Adam Cole, even, even Kyle O'Reilly, who didn't want to be a goddamn manager and said, I still have years left in me. I mean, that's not even a creative thing. It's a, we don't want you to wrestle thing. We don't want wrestlers. Or, I'm you're sorry. Too small. Th- it's now you're too small and old. Like sure. that's that's the complete direction, and that's really what I think a lot of it is. Is like NXT got so murdered. <laughs> like they were such a they were a, they were a great wrestling brand. They really were. 
there were things that they were doing better than AEW does, in my opinion. They had a lot smarter refs, I can tell you that. Go ahead. Let me, let me pitch this to you, because you said NXT. Is there something that they dangled in front of him having to do with NXT? Like, well, you can be heavily involved with NXT to maybe right that ship. I don't... So what's tricky is that was Dusty's, right? So there's sure. a big part of me that thinks that. Cody also had like his infamous list of people he wanted to see fight, like wrestle still. And the only person left on it is Roderick Strong, who is right. in NXT. And they are starting to do a situation with like they had AJ Styles come. It's it's not the worst idea. And they did it in WWE CW in the beginning of NXT. It's not the worst idea of taking guys like AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler, who it was like phenomenal wrestlers. They're kind of in transitional stories right now. Let's see what they can do with these young guys to take the temperature of where these younger guys are at um, and do like a cross and, you know, maybe spike a rating in the process. I don't think that was the intent, but it was like, if this guy can't go with AJ Styles or Dolph Ziggler, this guy can't go. Right. So you figure that mm -hmm. out a little bit sooner. Maybe they, they put that in front of him of like a, possible in-ring or a thing to produce or manage backstage of like that that main roster relationship with NXT um but the only thing that's concrete that I like know of is like he really wanted to wrestle Roger Strong and Roger Strong is in NXT but I think what you're gonna see especially if you go back and watch the last promo that Cody gave where he was like referencing the pipe bomb all over the place he mm -hmm. said he did all the things that Punk did, and I feel like his first promo in WWE was going to be, I am the guy who's going to change it from the inside, like where Punk failed, basically. Um, I think they're gonna he's going to get in a program with Seth Rollins, where Seth Rollins says you couldn't even be the top guy at your own company. You came ca crawling back here. I think there's going to be decent programming for him in the beginning, and then I think he's going to get pushed to the moon and thrown off a cliff, just like everybody that isn't Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar does. So, so they're actually going to acknowledge that he was somewhere else wrestling for another promotion and not just maybe I he was on vacation, huh? It's such an advantage because this of is course. like a steal like that. I think they do that. And I'm starting to wonder if like the Mickey James stuff was like them putting a toe in the water a bit on that. Like, I don't think it's nearly as similar of a gauge but it's the first time that they acknowledged a wrestling company i mean they still don't talk about the fact that bobby lashley was in in, in tna at all where sure. he had his most successful career work but it's just very surprising and in a lot of ways disappointing you know there's so many unresolved stories that involve cody and and the elite and all sorts of stuff um that I mean, they were lining up page van zant and brandy essentially right like, I mean, that's a plus. I don't have to see Brandy give bad promos on my screen anymore. But but it is, I mean, there's just so many stories that I was looking, I was looking forward to seeing a Punk and Cody program because they were kind of teasing that. Like that would have mm -hmm. been, I think, gangbusters and turn Cody full heel. Um, but it does feel a little hypocritical, like from a fan standpoint. I know everything is a promo and everything is a work and everybody's a fucking carny. But it's like you bring out the golden shovel, you break the throne, like all of the things that you've done and set up to this point were so damning now it just feels like you were in business for yourself to get back there so um but that's also a hell of a work if that's the story you want to go and tell at another federation and eventually come back like i think he does come back to an AEW ring to retire at some point 
my other question is, and Shlong, I'll put this to you. The some of the names are out there that people are excited to see a possible, you know, program with. Kate mentioned Seth Rollins. Um, I'd throw out an AJ Styles. Now I don't know what the fuck they're doing right now in WWE because I Neither haven't watched they. that. I haven't watched that trash in years, honestly. AJ Styles, I know, still there, right? That's a guy I'd be interested in seeing do a program with Cody. Um, you've Edge. got your two. You well, yeah, but Edge isn't really full time, right? He's he's part. He's part, kind of full time. He's he's been there right. most weeks, I would say. Okay, so um, you've got Edge, right? Uh, you've got two main title holders, right? It's Brock and Roman Reigns. Right now, it's Lashley and Roman Reigns. I think. Oh, after my apologies. This- you don't have to apologize because I'm pretty sure after this weekend, it's going to be Brock and Roman for the yeah. title at Mania. There's nothing happening with the IC title, which makes to me the most sense for him to walk and do, or he just doesn't wrestle until Mania. And then once... who's got the IC title? Uh, Sami Zayn as of next week, but we know that because oh, they yes. take two weeks in advance. Right. So. And, well, then, then the word on the street is it's going to be him and Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. So it is. And fun. I think you don't if I'm WWE, this is what I'm doing. He's not wrestling until he shows up at WrestleMania and challenges for the title, whether it's Brock or Roman. Um, and then he, you just you have to hot shot him. And they announced today they have a surprise the size of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which I think is going to be Cody showing up. I don't think he shows up in Saudi Arabia. That feels insane. Listen, um, listen, I like Cody a lot. I wouldn't call him a surprise the size of fucking Steve Austin. I understand what they're I know, doing. I wouldn't either. They would. Of course. <laughs> they are desperate right now. It's let me, bad. Let me get back to the question I was putting to Ryan. I don't mean to. No, I no, want no, to try to keep us on track. Uh, Randy Orton too, Ryan, right? Okay. So we've got all these guys that that are possibilities. For me, I don't really like. I'm with you. I like Cody Rhodes. Uh, I liked maybe one gimmick he did in the WWE and they got rid of it and then moved him on to Stardust. But these names are interesting, but not for me in a WWE ring. They can't have the same type of matches that he had in AEW. When you look at some of the matches he had in AEW, the Brody Lee dog collar match that they referenced tonight, which is nice that they weren't forgetting who Cody Rhodes was after he's now left. Um, you know, the the Blood Brothers match, you know, that he had with uh Dustin. Like he can't have these same matches in WWE. Are are these feuds exciting to you when they're going to be in these sort of protected, you know, coddled matches compared to what we've now seen out of Cody? Not only in AEW, but in Ring of Honor. So I don't I look at these. I don't mind the matches themselves. I get what you're saying, because Cody likes to bleed and that's gone. But it's not even the blood, Ryan. Like you can't even do a pile driver in WWE. And when you watched when I watched AEW and saw the first guy pull off a goddamn pile driver, I was like, this is refreshing. I haven't seen this in like eight years on television. You know yeah, what I no, mean? Co- like, well, Cody it's just- likes p- pile drivers. He liked the chair shot, which got him in a lot of trouble. 
He likes blood. He likes gut, gut for lack of a better term. He likes, and I don't have a problem with that, but that's what he, he likes the more dangerous side of, of wrestling storytelling. Sure. It's what the WWE would call obscene wrestling. No, that's only when women do it. Oh, I'm um, my, again, apologies. <laughs> but I think the talent involved in terms of in ring would still be awesome because you have Seth Rollins. Cody can, Cody's a great storyteller in the ring. And every one of those guys we named are great storytellers in the ring. I actually would be excited for the in-ring portion. Everything else makes me very scared because there's no – the reason I stopped watching WWE is they they counter their own logic when they have any. They make these guys just not be – every time a guy starts to say something that feels like organically themselves – they pull back on it and then they get, make them do something else. So like I, it's the stuff surrounding it. I don't think we'll get, we won't get Cody Rhodes from AEW. You'll get Cody Rhodes from WWE and it'll just not be the same. And like Kate said, in six months, he's and the fact that Kate, I hate to say that your, your suggestion was walking for the IC title tells me everything because they devalued that title long ago. It's the one they, they have. I mean, they've killed that title's value. Like They've T- had a- Shinsuke Nakamura unable to wrestle it and have it for the past three and a half months. Yeah. My, that's my if he's walking in there tomorrow. I think the best thing you can do is have the Brock and Roman band-aid pull it off and then have Cody walk in there for it. So, so he could so immediately me- make the IC title feel important again was kind of my point. No, like, I get that, but I mean? my point being is, mm-hmm. like, they don't have a secondary title that's worth anything. Like, AEW has done a great job with the TNT title, and Cody is actually owed a lot of that. Cody made that mm-hmm. TNT title with his matches and his his promos feel very important, and it continues to. Tonight was a great example. A- WWE killed the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title, which is a shame, because growing up, that was an important title. Sean vs. Razor was a huge match. Brett having it was a huge thing. Like, these were big moments, and now they're not, but my problem with WWE is, and I think Kate kind of, besides the storytelling, which is god awful, Kate kind of said it earlier. You believe in Roman and you believe in Brock, and then no one else is believable for a long term champ. You know, the one thing I love about AEW is we could literally, I could stand here and probably name six or seven guys I could think could win the belt and it would work and they could be long term holders and I would love it. WWE is the opposite. They have two guys that you believe can actually hold the belt for a long time. Everyone else goes away. So, and I don't think as much as people are going to be like, well, you know, he's a main eventer now. I don't think Vince is going to see him as that for long. I don't think he'll ever be Vince's guy. And I I just, I could be wrong. And I hope I am for his sake because he's, you know, he's going to get paid and he's going to be there. And if he can actually make, make it fun, then I'll watch. I mean, I'm not the kind of person who will refuse to watch. If it's fun, I'll watch it. But I'll say I'm... that, like, as someone who has to watch and mostly thinks it's terrible, the people you would expect things to be good with still do a decent enough job. Like, the problem is the weekly television sucks, but because the talent is so good that the pay-per-views, outside of Rumble just being a disaster... But because the actual Rumble matches were a disaster, like the matches are still so like you're not going to get a bad Kevin Owens match. You're not going to get it like Seth Rollins at Roman was one of the best matches of his reign. And I've had to watch the whole damn thing had a, a little bit of a it was a, a non finish, but like one that made sense, which is more than they normally do. But the match was fantastic. Seth and Edge in Saudi Arabia was a fantastic match. Like 
they are putting on some bangers. It's just that the weekly television to get you to those pay-per-views has been the worst since I've started watching. And when I started watching, everybody said it was the worst that they had seen. So that's, that's where we're at. Like, and you know, I think there's, there's going to be something there. That's just, people are going to be naturally compelled by. And as dumb as Vince is these days, he's not so dumb. He doesn't know what to do to capitalize on what it looks like when the top guy from another promotion, he's seen it before, like comes over and he knows that that's a time sensitive thing and you have a small window to capitalize on it. Right. So they're going to push him real hot at first. And then he's going to, it's going to be like Big E, I think like they're going to give him six months. I think he'll have a better run than Big E did um, because of the circumstances, but it's, it's so funny to me. It's it's like not that different from Punk, where it was just like, well, you're doing it or you're not. It's like that's what you're gonna have with Cody coming in there, assuming he's coming in there. It sure sounds that way, but we gotta. <laughs> we never thought he was leaving, right? So unless maybe it's a Pillman work, who the hell knows? But um, it's the most wrestling thing ever that of all the EVPs thing. of all the people, he would be the one because he took the most shots. He was the most anti-WWE. But in the same respect, he was always the most WWE. He was always the guy who was like most still in that world. And it is, he did grow up in the business where it is all carny to them. So like, it's not shocking, but I'm just surprised the EVPs didn't have like a favored nations clause in their contract. Like I'm shocked that they are able to be overpaid. I know that sounds weird, but like as founding, I thought they might've been able to negotiate that in. I think, uh, to be honest, when they started, the dream of CM Punk was out there, Brock Lesnar was still out there, and Cena was still out there, and you want to be able to leave room to make that a thing. Like, I think maybe the assumption was nobody makes more than you, with maybe these rare, rare exceptions, but legally, you wanted to leave that door open. Now, I don't know what, like, a Danielson is making, and I certainly understand the idea that, hey, maybe I don't bring in as much merch or as much value from, like, a brand perspective, but I'm also doing X, Y, and Z behind the scenes. You should compensate me for that. But it is, I think it's always going to perk people's eyes and ears when it's like, hey, this is our budget that we're operating in, but you can suddenly start making exceptions for things like CM Punk and Danielson, right? Like, well, how deep do your pockets really run and how much do you really value me then becomes a completely different conversation than we were operating with in these confines. And I said this to Ryan off air, there might've also been like a, did you really need to sign Tony Nice and Wheeler Yuta? And like these guys that you're not really using, like I love all those guys, but Cody might've been sitting there saying, you guys, you're not even putting on TV and you're, you can't make up that difference in the budget for me. Like you're letting contracts expire, but you're not giving me the guy who like is the reason this company exists. Like I kind of can wrap my head around the idea that it was both financially motivated and the, inability to resolve that piece of it of the ego piece realistically like the idea that like i founded this company and you're not even going to put me in your top three or five guys getting paid for it i I can understand i'd be pissed at that too i wouldn't jump ship right now but um well i have a question i have a question for the group and i'm sorry to cut you off but i think this is an important question it's something i've said to kate and i say this as a cody mark 
I AEW will miss him in ways we don't realize yet. But overall, it's not a big departure there. They have so many stars now that they've loaded up on that you're not really going to miss them. Do you guys agree or disagree on that point? I'll take it one further. I don't know if there's any one guy that you can take out of AEW and feel like the whole thing's going to collapse. I think they've done that kind of a job of building it. And I think what's funny is it might be Danielson. <laughs> like He might have made himself feel that important that quickly. Maybe even Punk. I, I, I cannot separate myself from that and never will be able to. But like, it's... If we had to, it would suck if Kenny Omega had to retire tomorrow because his whole body's broken. They would be okay. It would suck if Mox was like, I can't hack it. Whatever. Like, it would suck to lose anyone. There are people you would definitely feel the weight of. I think they've built so strong and so well that there's not any single person that leaves the company that you feel like the whole house of cards is pulled. And that is impressive as hell, in my opinion. Like, that's huge. I don't even know if there's any two. I think you start to take real hits with two, but I don't even know if there's any two. You know where I think you'd feel it the most? If it was the younger talent, the Jungle Boys, the Darbies, the MJFs, because they're your next level up, right? I'm with you, Kate. I don't think that there's any guy that I feel like if you lose them beyond Cody, like you feel like this whole promotion is falling down. I honestly feel that. I, I, I don't. I don't think Cody leaving is that big a deal. And personally, him, if he shows up in the E like everybody thinks he is, because until his, until there's signed, sealed, delivered ink on paper, nothing's settled. Yeah. This could be all, all be an elaborate work. Um, but, um, you know, him just going to the E, you know, we mentioned a lot of names, to be honest, those names fucking don't do anything for me anymore. I'd rather watch the talent that they've amassed in AEW. I find it more interesting. I find the stories better. I find the the level, uh, the caliber of matches that they're having in general are a little more exciting than what they're doing in the E. And I've turned off the E and I don't look at it. I don't care to, you know, I see things that are being written about because I, I read the the news, but. I, I There's honestly been some don't want fantastic watch it. matches, but it's just so a exhausting to get to that point. And what AEW gives you consistently is is a different. It's just such a different ball game. Like I can name five incredible matches that I've seen in WWE in the past year, but it doesn't matter because there's no payoff for them. Like that's <laughs> what sucks. Is like you can get fantastic you can get fantastic stories in the ring, but because they don't go anywhere. It doesn't matter, but like it, I'll, I can't sit here and tell you that like Cesaro hasn't put on bangers, that Rollins and Owens haven't put on bangers, that like that sure. the triple threats and I mean Charlotte's insane. Um, but, but Kate, I get what you're sounds, saying because it like, sounds like those matches are few and far between. Like you don't get a whole pay per view of good matches. No. You get like two good matches on a pay per view. Correct. And, you know, and it, you can't. Um, because the way it's set up right now, there's just no. It, it, it's like, great. So what? Because it's like, then mm -hmm. you're either going to get 50 50 to death or whatever. Like, there's just no. Um, there's no value placed in it because it's like, I saw this incredible match. It doesn't matter because they care right. about two things and they're Brock and the Roman. 
Right. And to be honest, whether it's Brock or Roman coming out of Mania with the title, and then you want to light up Cody Rhodes right to the top there, do you really think they're going to take the belt off Roman or Brock with Cody and let Cody hold on to it as long as they have Roman? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think that would happen. And if it happens, it'll come off. Cody will have it for, if he's lucky, 24 hours. And then... Oh, I could see them doing that and giving Cody... The way it is right now, because Roman has sincerely gone through everybody else, I I could see them taking it off Cody, giving him a good six months, and pushing that off a cliff. But I do think... This is like again, like I'm watching it. I, I really think they might give it to Brock. I think I, I don't buy that they would put that title no sense. because ideally, what you do is there's one guy in NXT that is like ready right now, and I think at SummerSlam you have that guy beat Roman so that the reign actually means something. I think what's going to happen is Brock is going to go out of out of Mania with both titles. And we'll go from there because there's like a couple of rematches that they could run back with stuff that's going on with Brock right now. So, yeah, but here's the problem. The names you listed and this is someone who sporadically watches WWE. I watch like I watch the pay-per-views and I'll watch here and there. Not all the pay-per-views, but at least I watch Rumble, stuff like that. But Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, even Sami Zayn, you can you can AJ Styles, Shinsuke, all these great guys. Not one of them. They're like, oh, we need main eventers. We don't have enough main eventers. It's because they won't let those guys be true main eventers. They get close, they fail, they go away because they protected Roman to a level. And then the and then you know you throw Bobby Lashley in there. Who I like Bobby Lashley, but then you know he gets the title, he drops. Like it's this whole and you have Drew over there. No one, but the only main eventer I feels like they have is Roman, and then occasionally Brock. And it's because everyone else has failed to him. And it's like you just don't treat these guys at the same level. So why would Cody get treated at that level? Like, because he has something that literally nobody else on the roster has. Again, I'm being stupid, optimistic about it, but I could see them understanding it because they've understood at times before. I don't have any faith in their ability to then sustain anything with it. You know what I mean? Like, I think I could see them doing that. I sincerely could see Cody Rhodes, Showing up at Mania after Brock and Roman, him challenging them, him winning it at SummerSlam or whatever, holding it until the following Rumble, and then fucking nothing for the rest of his contract. Like, truly, that's what, because they care about one thing, and it's the championship, and they have two of them, and they can't even care about both of them. Never mind any other title or storyline on the show. Oh, I'm not saying they wouldn't let him win, but I'm it's, oh, sorry. It's a sustaining thing. It's yeah. the, like you said, they're, they're never going to let him let him be a sustained main eventer i made the joke is he does he go through mania win the title lose it and then get fired like i could see that but what kate you said he's got one thing they care about what's the one thing that he's coming from aew and he was an evp oh yeah there's definitely there's a part of vince that will never not be salivating to 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 take that victory lap like right it's he is when you get that defensive on like your media call or investor call saying like they're not competition when you're that red in the face about it you've you've now tipped your hand that you clearly see them as competition so i think he thinks that the best way to bury aew is to prop up cody 
which but means that Cody are... is brilliant. <laughs> but how, how long are people actually going to care about that beyond the news cycle? As like... long as they do. As long as they do. And I don't think they're trying to get AEW fans back. I think they're trying to get all the fucking tribalistic idiots on that side of the aisle who have been cursing Cody's name this whole time will all of a sudden going to be champion championing this guy because he realized or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the, they'll take that victory lap for as long as it sustains them. Um, I think you'll, you'll have him carry it through the shitty programming season, which is like post SummerSlam to the next rumble or whatever. Like, I think, I think that's what you're probably looking at. And then two years of, of probably an ICT title run, right. They'll give him that because of his dad. And then like fighting Baron Corbin for no reason and getting 50, 50 to death for a year. And then he'll be and running he'll after the 24 seven title. Then he'll, yeah. He'll have like a nice 12 minute 24 seven title reign. And then I'll come back to I I there's no way that guy doesn't retire in AEW cuz I think that guy wants to pull back look at his legacy and like point out all these things. That's that's the kind of career that I think Cody is looking for is like look what I did. Look at look at the value I provided in all these different places, which is not a bad thing. It's an ego-driven thing, but I think he's going to say, "Oh, I changed the industry and I still went back and was their champion or whatever." Like I think that's now what he's sniffing at. I guess just in my head all I'm doing is seeing polka dots. Yeah. And there's th- a lot of people that think that. Like they brought in his dad in a time that they were still expanding, the South was still their weakest point. They had the guy who was huge in the South and they just shredded him and it's like We'll see. I mean, again, I don't know. I hope it's good. I, I would. I'm not wanting bad. I want good because if he's gone, he's gone. It doesn't. He can't come back until it's over. So, if it's good booking, then it gives me something else to watch. I just. You also have to keep in mind that they're gearing up to probably sell this company to like Disney or someone. So that has to get factored in. What if Cody's there just to broker a deal between Tony Khan? And Vince McMahon. Oh, the conspiracy oh, theories are amazing. Conspiracy theories. He's a he's a spy for Tony Khan. Yeah. Okay. He's a spy for Vince. There's <clears> so <throat> there's so many fun conspiracy theories out there. All I know is it's gonna be rough for him his first six to eight months when he's still being worked on to uh wrestle the WWE style in their developmental system. So don't forget he's gotta go back through developmental to learn how to wrestle the WWE way. Because he's been I think gone he's for familiar a long time. with it. Well he's been gone for a long time. You might need a refresher, you know what I mean? It's true. Well gotta get him down there facing uh Grayson Waller. Oh my god. Well again it's uh it's it was uh, crazy news to get on the 15th on a Tuesday after Valentine's Day. And uh, it'll be interesting way, to see what does happen. Go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, it's just making me laugh. We talked all the three seconds about Brandy, which just goes to show everything there. Well, you know, we certainly could talk about Brandy. Um, like, I think, I, I think, Ryan, maybe the bigger deal is because so much has been made of uh, Cody being an EVP, you know, okay. Brandy was the chief brand officer, but I don't know if anybody knew really what that means. No, they just did that because it, it went with Brandy. Right. But my point being is like, she was a for the worst, to be quite honest, a major character on their TV show and she's gone. Reports are, she's not going to WWE. 
reports are that it's no, just she, Cody. I think she's going to go be a mom. I think she's Which probably. Is, I mean, if he's making that much tired. money, go be a mom. Yeah, like, go, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's just crazy. Like TV could use I'm, a brandy break. Have her show up in six wow. months to to be for there for whatever turn he makes, heel or face. Like, I mean, just... I think I mean, we could use a break that, from her. That's two big salaries off of off of AEW's books. Like people, she was probably making a pretty nice chunk of change because when she started, she was the female they had. You know, Britt was the one they wanted, but she wasn't there yet. So like, that's probably a nice chunk of change that you now have. And there's still some free agents on the market. You know, you what got Athena out there and um, Tony Storm in the women's division. I'm taking her salary and giving it mm-hmm. to the women's division. So you have some big salaries out there, but it's just kind of funny. Like she is such an afterthought because fans, Cody's hatred was always a little more, I don't want to say tongue in cheek, but a little bit more traditional fan feelings. Yeah. Like with a wink and a nod a little bit. Yeah. The hatred for her was real. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the stuff that they were putting on TV wasn't always a winner, right? I mean, the Agogo story wasn't a winner. The stuff Brandy was doing, not always uh, a winning combination. Um, you know, listen, I think that, yeah, this, the lead here is Cody. Brandy certainly, um, Brandy certainly, um, you know, a story too, because they're obviously like, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, packaged together, right? It's Cody and Brandy. So I think everybody assumes they're just going to wind up doing the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I I could see her if Cody's going to be making the amount of money that it's reported he will be making should he sign the line to go back to the Federation. Um, You know, she doesn't need to work. There's there's no need to work. Yeah, If your husband's making five million a year, stay home. Yeah. I know a couple of things. And I know, and I as well will just be... I mean, you said the main thing is like Cody, but I think we're all wondering what's going to happen with it, with AEW heels. I mean, that's just like Nyla's going to take it's it, been so covered. it will live on. It's been I covered. know, I know. Let me it's get Leva and uh, Ref Aubrey are actually taking it. That's actually that actually makes me very hopeful for it. The other thing, just to clarify, and I know Ant is the biggest roads to the top mark, but Meltzer reported that it was renewed. There's mm-hmm. now speculation that that is not the case because uh, other people have tried to get confirmation for it and the network never put out a statement saying anything about that or the go Paul White show. Um, <laughs> so that might not be as... I know a lot of people were like, well, is that like now a WWE thing if he goes there? But like there hasn't been anything or it seems like the, that report might have jumped the gun a little bit, so... Well, listen, we're all, all gonna we're all gonna find out what happens. Actually, Rob Humphrey <laughs> Rob Humphrey has the biggest question that nobody's asking. What happens to Pharaoh? I mean, he's their dog. I I wanna know what happens to Fuego too. He's still there. He's still there. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Fuego 2's contract being up. I do know that Sean reached out to their representation and they said no comment, which I thought was pretty funny. Interesting. <laughs> Listen, so. Fuego 2, as far as I understand, is still under contract. Yeah, they so. just had best friend tattoos, Fuego 2 and Cody. So Yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah, of course. 
What a wild way to start off the week with the Cody and Brandy news. Uh, guys, we were also at uh, Rampage Friday night. I don't know if we want to touch on anything here. Um, quickly, just to run down the events of the uh, show quickly. Uh, yeah, we have the, the Young Bucks uh, fight Rapongi Vice. The Young Bucks come out victorious. We do get a Danhausen showing, which is always appreciated. And uh, Switchblade. Yeah, I was getting there. Exciting. I didn't forget about the Switchblade. Come on. I know. It's just exciting. He's, because he's easy to forget about. He's not. He's great. I just, we're running down the card, but that was the yep. debut. So that was exciting. Yes, after the after the match, you know, Cutler tries to get involved, and then uh, everybody kind of gets involved. And to Kate's point, the Switchblade comes out and uh, takes out Trent, which is uh, lining up for Switchblade's in-ring AEW debut this Friday night against Trent. So that will be fun. Um, Shivani interviewed Danielson, uh, and that set up the match against Lee Moriarty tonight that we'll talk about. Uh, Britt Baker uh, went up against Robin Renegade. She did defeat Robin Renegade. Poor Robin. She put on a good show. Uh, I think she even promoted this by saying, watch me lick some ass, which is also appreciated. That was her sister's typo, which then she obviously co-opted. And I'm telling you right now, probably the greatest marketing thing you could have ever done by accident. Yeah, that's what Punk said. He was like, I can't promote this any better than that. K and L happened to be next to each other on the keyboard. And that is whoever Joe QWERTY. What a what a rib. And uh, that is one that autocorrect doesn't always catch. Yeah, because it's a word. So it's not and looking for the context. Let me be, let's be frank, folks. We're all adults here. Yeah, you can kick some ass. some ass. You can kick some ass and you can lick some ass. I like to kick them. I like to lick them. That's right. <laughs> um, guys, the most important part of the night, we had Hook against Blake Lee. Hook did wind up being victorious. Hook is just an assassin. Hell yeah. Uh, and then we also had our main event, uh, Jurassic Express, finally going up against the Ass Boys. Jurassic Express winds up retaining their titles. Uh, no shenanigans after that match. Um, the only thing I'd like to comment on about this show, it wasn't a bad show. But being there live after that Texas death match, how are you going to ride that high for another hour? It was tough. Well, and a couple of things with that. That whole two hours was pedal to the metal. So it's not even yeah. just the ending of that show. Um, and they had to rebuild the ring after. So it just took like a little bit longer. Not a huge deal. Um, I kind of like the break in between. Gives you like a, a breather. But it wasn't even just the Texas death match, which was a lot to end on. That whole two hours was just like there. It felt like there was no no breather, no downtime. So yeah, yeah it was like... A, a very solid episode, but just like I was tired. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I watched I watched it Friday night. You know, like I, uh, uh, you know, I just turned it on and kind of take a look at what's going on. Especially since we were there, like I wasn't really super invested in it. But after watching on TV, I was like, wow, this actually was a better show than I gave it credit for live. And it, I'm with you, Kate. Like the dynamite was very good last week. But especially ending on that Texas death match, um, it was just very hard to maintain any level of excitement. It, it wasn't just that it was a good episode. It was that you spent half of it guessing a thing. 
Yes. So you're just like mentally engaged a lot the whole time. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. So uh guys, I think this is a good place for us to take a break. We spent an awful lot of time talking about Cody Rhodes, and I guess this will be hold on, Kate. I'll get there. Well, I'll get there. I know I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Um I'd just like to make this announcement, and I'm going to make it for the entire Mark Order podcast. That will be the last time we talk about Cody Rhodes or Brandy. Oh, can't help it. They're gone. No, no, no. Kate. Let's a moment Maybe of silence. Not. Moment of silence for Cody and Brandy Rhodes. I wish I had a 21 gun salute sound effect. <laughs> or tapped. There it is. We need the. <laughs> you know what I wish we had? Actually, he took Ryan. Them all away. He took them all away. The, the Snoop Dogg remix? <laughs> no, no, no. I wish we had. Um, you know, like uh, when somebody gets hurt during the football game or like you go into a rain delay and the sports music is like the somber, slow oh, God, version. Yes. Like, I wish we had a somber, slow version of Cody Rhodes, something, something Cody Rhodes uh, music. We don't. But your humming reminded me of that. I don't know why. I just felt like it was a little more somber than it should have been. So via con Dio until maybe you don't leave Cody Rhodes. Until maybe you don't leave. And with that, before we go to commercial, because, you know, we're going to go to a commercial. Kate has an announcement she's got to make. I honestly don't know what it is. So we're all learning this for the first time. I booked my first commentary gig. I'm oh, so excited. Boy. At Excite Wrestling on March 12th, it's their 10th anniversary. It's in my hometown of Binghamton, New York, or my former hometown, my OG hometown. And I'm so excited. So you can tune in. I'll post it on all the socials and the whatnot. I have a question. Yes, Anne. Did they book a second person to do commentary with you because they don't need to? (laughs) I can't be color and play by play. So there is somebody else there. Um, and Do they have was- a mute button just for old time's sake? Just go to the commercial. No, I'm actually very excited for you. I just think it'd be really funny for news. old time's sake. Someone to be like, mute. Someone mute. mute me the whole time. No, also- are you doing color or play by play? I think color. color. There yeah. you go. That's, That's the better. Yeah, and I just know myself well enough to know I would be better at that. But very excited. It's their 10th anniversary. There's a Twitch stream that you can watch along on. Um, and then if you are in the upstate New York area, I'm so sorry for you, especially with the weather that you're getting. But uh, the ticket link will also uh, be in my bio. There's some some solid matches set up for that. So I'm excited. I mean, I was only asking about the second commentary person. Kate, congratulations. I was only asking about the second commentary person because, A, you could talk enough for both of you guys but that's not a bad thing because then you get double the paycheck exactly it's gonna somehow now get the other person gone she's gonna be like i I don't know just i'm just gonna run them off with my performance that's it they're gonna be like kate i gotta get some of these moves in you're like i got it don't worry about it i got this just start making up move names right i was just gonna say it would be amazing to hear kate do play by play and just make up all the names I'm just going to say whatever the play-by-play guy says the whole time. I'm just going to go vintage that. Vintage. Well, that'll be fun. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, That is awesome. Kyle Sparks saying weaponized COVID. (laughs) Yeah. You are the new strand. (laughs) Uh, So, guys. 
What cron? Catacron. Oh God, no! I don't want that. You gotta get it, guys. In all honesty, though, did you know we're part of a network called the Shining Wizards Network? No way. Yeah, totally. This is brand new information. Breaking news. <laughs> we're part of the Shining Wizards Network. And if you guys didn't know, the Shining Wizards started that network, hence Shining Wizards Network. What? They're, they're, they're the B show. Get uh, out of, of town and take a bus. Listen, they're, I'll, I'll whisper this. They're the B show of the network, but they have to put their name on it, I guess, because they were first. Um, They've been doing it for 10 years. Who knew, by the way, who knew that mediocrity could go for 10 years? I mean, there's a I've lot. I've been of... doing it for 34, so I figured <laughs> what the hell. Look at that. No, uh, The Shining Wizards, Monday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, check it out. It's a fun show. Good interviews. Oh, yeah. Um, I was on it this week. <laughs> oh. I filled in. Check out the interview that Kevin and I did with Sam Adonis and Zeke Mercer, two great guests. Sam Adonis, truly a, a great wrestling mind and shared so much. And much like Lance Hoyt slash Lance Archer, his time in Japan, he ate the raw horse meat. So if that's oh. not enough of a trailer for you, I don't know. Actually, and before you go into commercials, just so we don't, Ant and oh. I rushed to bust Kate's balls because that's just who we are. But we are, after hearing this news, extremely happy and proud of her Thank for getting you. it. I just didn't want people to think, wow, you two dicks. <laughs> no, she no, understands what no. we no, have to do. But, oh, well, Ant's no, not, no. I am. Well, so. thank you, one of you. Not at all. Listen, I've got we've got to keep her head somewhat small, Ryan. So you can be happy. I will say, eh, all right. That's why I sit back here so that my head stays small. There you go. So anyway, we're part of the Shining Wizard Network. Mediocre for ten years, still going strong. Um, but did you know there are other mediocre shows that are part of the Shining Wizard Network? Not this one. This is the Shining example. This is what keeps the lights on, if you ask me. But there are other great shows. That are part of the Shining uh, Wizards Network. Kate, did you know that? I don't. I don't even know how I would find out about such a thing. Well, guess what? Sit tight. Oh, no. My lights went off. <laughs> <laughs> sit tight. That's because we're, we're taking a break. But sit tight. When we're back, the lights will be back on. And uh, Lights go out. We're going on a break. <laughs> going on a break. Here, take it's, uh, our it's our break. To go and take. Yeah, I'm gonna watch some hockey for two minutes while we play these commercials. Boy, these um, commercials. Enjoy the commercials from some of the other shows that are part of the Shining Wizards mediocre network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air, day and night. 
This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? We're back on the Shining Wizards Network. It's very funny that we ended with the uh, Wrestling Night in Canada. Because that's what I got on my phone here in front of me, this women's hockey game. I'm just going to say Ooh, how we doing? Fuck Canada. I'm just going to say that. Wow. Well, it looks like they're going to call this Canadian goal off, I hope, because it looks like they were offside. 
Well, then it shouldn't be a goal if they're going to be big fat penalty cheater. Oh, uh, no goal. They waved it off. Sweet. Real anyway, quick, guys, I'm I just real quick. I'm very glad that I turned my camera off when I went to stand up. Otherwise, you would have too would have seen me eat major shit. Oh, you fell, down? You fell huh? Oh, I I mean, luckily my bed's right there, but I got my foot my foot caught on my Xbox cord, which then got caught on like another computer cord, and before I knew it, I was going face down onto my bed. Why is everybody falling down? Matt fell down. Everybody's falling down. I think Matt literally is, if you've ever seen the movie Falling Down, he's falling down. <laughs> I mean, I'll just put it that way. I um, think you're wrong. No. Um, so, uh, so guys, uh, we should plug uh, some things before we move on to all the other important stuff to discuss in AEW. Uh, make sure you're following us on social, at Mark Order Pod. On Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, find us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube, because if you are subscribed to our YouTube, you'd be watching us now or later, whenever you have the time. Um, uh, and also on all those social channels now, you can uh, get links to all of our social, all of the places our podcast uh, is, is uh, you know, up and out there on the web. By visiting our new link trees, so that way it's your one-stop shop for all of our social channels uh, and uh, podcast uh, links and all that kind of fun stuff. So check it out. We'll be updating that uh, with some other things as they become available. And if you are following us on social, uh, you can reach out and get some free stickers here. Now, newsflash, guys. This is V1 of the sticker. Oh, my gosh. Are there chase stickers? There's no chase stickers, but I can report that V2 of the stickers are on the way. Stickers 2.0 are on the way? There's stickers 2.0. I could show you if you want to see them, but I think maybe we should wait. No, we'll do a big reveal All at right. a different point. So anyway, if you want some free stickers, version 1 or version 2, whenever they come, um, you can uh, drop us a DM on our socials. Just give us your name. And address, and I will send you out some nice stickers for you and some friends. Uh, so uh, you just tell me where to send them, and we'll send them out for free. Nothing you got to do. Uh, all right, guys. Beyond that, uh, let's get into the real important stuff of the night. The rankings. Yes, Kate is super stoked about the rankings. Uh, and, and I'll say this. If anything, this is a week to start actually seeing if the rankings make sense because we are now starting to line up for uh, Revolution on uh, March 6th. Uh, so uh, let's just take a look real quick. Uh, oh, by the way, um, either you two Mark's interested in rapping or singing these tonight or else I'm no, just going to read them. Them, yeah. Perfect. On the women's side, Dr. Britt Baker is our champ. Jade Cargill is our TBS champ. Number one, Thunder Rosa. Two, Layla Hirsch. Three, Serena Deeb, the professor. Four, Anna Jay. And five, straight from your mama's kitchen, Red Velvet. It's a baby Anthony favorite. Or a baby money, sorry. Baby money favorite. In the tag division, Jurassic Express are our champs. Number one, the acclaimed. Two, Kings of the Black Throne. Three, Private Party. Four, the Ass Boys, the Gun Club. And five, FTR. We got some news about the tag team titles coming up, so we'll talk about that. 
And in our men's division, we have Hangman Adam Page as our champ, Sammy Guevara, earlier today, still champion, uh, the TNT champion. And number one, Adam Cole. Baby! Okay. Oh, I was letting Kate do it. Wow. We could have done it in unison. You could have. You guys are like twins. You guys know what each other are thinking. You could have Look exactly it. alike. You do. You really do. I have a great beard. Spinning images. Uh, number two, Dante Martin. Three, powerhouse Hobbs. Four, the murder hawk, Lance Archer. And five, the war dog, Wardlow. So, those are our rankings for today. And guys, let's start talking about Dynamite. Now, um, Dynamite this week was another pretty much pedal to the metal show from the start. Um, you know, so we open up and this is actually, I don't know how often they do this and I'm not like, I don't have that. Uh, it's sounds like a put down. So I'll say it idiot savant brain that Matt has. I like saying that because it's idiot, but also savant. So it's I know like, you get to call Matt an idiot, but also compliment him in the same breath. And he thinks I'm calling him just an idiot. But in reality, I'm complimenting him. So he kind of is an idiot. You get it? It's not really a compliment, even when you add savant. Anyway. Because uh, you could just say savant. Sure. <laughs> and you, then you just sound smart. Um, anyway, I don't know uh, if... Uh, I can't tell you how often they do this, but we opened up again tonight with another segment, not uh, wrestling right off the bat. But I was okay with this, guys. We'll talk about this a little bit. We won't go through the whole thing. But we read, uh, we open up with CM Punk in the ring, on the mic, cross-legged in the pipe bomb position, wearing his mid shirt. Fucking loved fantastic, it. Fantastic, especially because it was in the Burberry pattern. And basically, what he's doing is uh, calling out MJF, and because him and Moxley won their match last week, he gets to name the time, place, and stipulation for their match. Uh, the rematch that they'll have. So, of course, CM Punk says it will be presumably the evening, and it will be March 6th in uh, Orlando at Revolution. And he goes on about what the stipulation could be. He thought about a cage. He's won more cage matches than he lost, but there's still the chance for other people to get involved uh, and MJF to run away. So he thinks the best stipulation is a dog collar match it'll take years off his career well mjf it'll take years off mjf's career and that's the lesson that he needs to learn um because uh you know he wants to teach him a lesson he calls out mjf mjf obliges and punk tells him to take it all in he actually shows a picture of uh cm punk and mjf when mjf was a kiddo meeting him at a signing and um, he says to MJF, that was probably the greatest day of his life. But for CM Punk, that was just Friday. Revolution is going to be the worst day of MJF's life. And for Punk, it's just going to be Sunday. And it's uh, not going to be a canvas that is stained with the spray tan from MJF. It's going to be stained with blood. And when MJF goes to speak, he doesn't really have the words. He drops the mic and he leaves. And that is our first segment. So, guys, I didn't have a problem with this again because it actually meant something here, right? Like, we're 
lining up to the pay-per-view. This is the first thing that they're actually announcing for the pay-per-view. And we knew that we would have to get this. I didn't mind that they opened up with it. I think the rest of the card was actually built pretty strong. So um, I have to do it. Kate, you're a Chicago mid-punk mark. Um, So I want to know what you think, because I think these two guys will crush a dog collar match. Yes. So the only thing that you left out in your synopsis that I wanted to make a note of was the Greg Valentine references. I just really liked that, the whole Valentine's Day thing and him alluding to that, talking about Piper and Portland, like tying everything together. It gives me a great deal of like confirmation and gratification when I see everybody else marking about this punk run too, because I knew I was going to. But he really is just such a, a fantastic storyteller. And I think it's not bad TV to have CM Punk opening up um, your show. Like somebody that's going to be recognizable that if it's not a match, like a CM Punk speaking segment is a smart way to pull people in. Um, I've said this ad nauseum about Eddie Kingston. Eddie's phenomenal at knowing when to not speak. MJF did a great job here with just his facial reaction. He didn't need to say anything. He's one of the best on the mic. Um, but him not seeing anything and just the expression on his face, sometimes that's all you need. And that was, I felt like what was so great about this segment was the simplicity of that. Um, and what, what is there left for MJF to say? You know what I mean? He beat, he beat Punk twice in Chicago and now he's still put in a position where he's losing, right? That's what he's going to come out and say. So um, I'm sorry, Kate, real, real quick. I don't mean to cut you off. Did you just acknowledge that he beat Punk twice I in was Chicago? Putting words in mid JF's mouth. Thank you very much. Well, Schlong, you heard it, right? She <laughs> I, I she heard admitted. it, but then I heard mid JF. I like that too. <laughs> Listen, mid JF, Chicago mid punk. You know. The t shirt is fantastic. I, I loved that too. To do that in the Burberry print, I just thought it was so much fun. Seeing CM Punk in Burberry anything is hilarious. Like when he had that scarf on. It was so out of place and weird. Um, but yeah, and I think this is good. I think, you know, they keep building a board low underneath him. They keep putting over Sean Spears with this like wackiness. Um, so I, I think we are going to see the board low split soon enough, if not at Revolution, you know, the, if not in the match after the match or something. I think that moment is coming, but this was great. That's, that's Punk's bread and butter. You know what I mean? So if you're going to, open with CM Punk doing what he does best. I mean, he does the best as a heel, but pretty damn good as a face here too. Uh, and a great way to open the show. And I think they got a really good reaction when they did it last week. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Also, Cody is not at the signature at the top of the show anymore, which I noticed. Yes. Uh, they did remove him. I mean, you know, yeah. he's not under contract. So there you go. That's the last time we're going to mention his name. Maybe. That's the last one. Schlong, what did you think of the opener here? I loved it um, for a couple reasons. There's, we've talked about the shirt, and I could just talk about that all night, just how perfect it was with the, the, the pat, pattern and all. Um, I loved the way Punk talked about MJF could run out of a cage because that's always what annoys me about a cage match is how half the time people leave it because some point in wrestling, and I don't know who if he was the first to do this or if it was WCW, but at some point in wrestling – cage matches became leaving cages instead of winning in them and that drives me nuts 
Um, that is Tony's pet peeve. We talk about like how everybody has their own thing. Tony loses his damn mind at that. He's right. But that's that's true, Ryan. I just I want to I, I want do want to say you're right. I again, we'd have to ask the idiot savant of the group uh, to confirm. I do believe it was the E who changed the rules. The cage used to be to keep you in, not for the have the first mm -hmm. person get out. So you're right. It is counterintuitive. So then it had to be them because then they had to invent hell in a cell to kind of like go back to what the cage used to be. But anyway, so I like that he pointed that out because that is always a logical thing now and being like, what scares MJF most? And it's not being able to get away. So the dog collar match, which, and Kyle Sparks brings it up, is something that's in Punk's past for real. He had a match against Raven in, in ROH, Death Before Dishonor, in June, July 19, 2003. And ROH posted it on their YouTube channel. I didn't, I don't think I've seen the match. I've known about it only because it was, um, I was going like an ROH hole of like matches you should watch. And that popped up as like one. If you can watch it, watch it. Quick question, Ryan. Was it, uh, was that, uh, Raven Raven or was it Wolfpack Raven? <laughs> Wolfpack. Wolfpack. It was Wolfpack. Wolfpack um, Raven. Okay. I couldn't remember which era Raven it was. No, I think that was Raven Raven because it was after everything. Well, when Raven was trying to be Raven again because he had stopped being Raven for a while, he, he got weird. Um, Is it like Raven with two Vs like Taz? God, I wish. <laughs> or two Ns. <laughs> but my question is if did anyone happen to look at their clock and see what time this ended and i'm asking for a very specific reason 8 10 it's a 10 minute promo that got established history where we're going and got an amazing moment from mjf because it was amazing that he said nothing because so rarely does he say nothing and all it took was 10 minutes it's not that's not long yep. you know we talk about again, they don't open with promos a lot, and I hate I prefer opening with wrestling. But if you're gonna open up with a promo, 10 minutes is not bad, it, it gets lets you get into the show a little bit and go. So, I just want to say how good he was because he didn't feel rushed, he got all of that in in a slow pace, and it was 10 minutes. And you figure three of that is his intro and the welcome and whatever, like really, mm -hmm. that's six, seven minutes probably. Like, that's a really, really good point at how. Being... No, there was no intro, Kate. Remember, he started sitting in the ring. That was smart oh, on their part. You did have the show intro, though. And they did. You're right. They didn't just throw it straight there. They they did pan the crowd and, you know, said, hey, yeah. welcome to Dynamite. And we're going to start with CM Punk. So, but I do agree with you, Ryan. And, you know, the reason. Oh, boy. Fuck Canada, by the way. Um, <laughs> just arbitrarily. Yeah. Um, uh. So anyway, um, what I did like about it too, Ryan, is the fact that kind of opening with this too makes it like it shows the importance of this match too, right? So it makes it feel super important. And, um, you know, again, it it's it is now the first announced match at this point in the show, the first announced match for the pay-per-view. So why wouldn't you? lead with it you know what i mean so it, it yeah. made sense to me a couple and, shout and outs to rob humphrey in the chat for asking if matt's not here because he's trying to fill his air compressor with air but also for the that's so raven uh comment what is, I, I popped for that yeah that is so <laughs> raven of him um so raven to kate's point and i have to and i don't actually want to give her this 
but I'm going to have to because I do agree. This has been a great punk run so far. At the very beginning, people were a little questionable. I wasn't. We weren't. No one here was. But at the very beginning, some fans were like, oh, he's having these one-off matches. They mean nothing. And everybody's like, just let him get his feet. And then was Eddie Kingston his first? Yeah, Eddie Kingston was his first. And from then on, it's just been balls to the wall, and it's been great. Um, so this has been one hell of a run. And I love the, the just constant callbacks to old wrestling, but not in a cheesy way. In a more, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't, and it doesn't matter either way. Right. That's the best kind of callback. We're like, you can appreciate it if you do. And if someone tells you, you might go look it up and watch something old, which is cool. But if you don't, it doesn't hurt your enjoyment at all. You don't need to know that Piper and Valentine had the dog collar match in Portland and it was a huge feud or whatever. You don't need to know any of that. But if you do, it's cool. Sure. And the cool thing too is that commentary clued you into it. And, and they weren't like really a, uh, like in your face about it. Like Tony, Tony Schiavone just kind of mentioned it passing. It was like, boy, dog collar match, you know, takes me back to, you know, Valentine and Piper. But they also, again, they mentioned the recent history of the dog collar match uh, with Brody Lee. And this is the last time we're going to say Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, so like they, they, you know, understand the history while they didn't mention the ring of honor one though. You're right. Um, that is something. If you're interested in seeing how punk handles a dog collar match, check that out. And they're both such savants of wrestling history that like, there's no way there's not going to be some spot in there that's directly related. Like both of them are so known for being students as much as they are. Um, you know, executors or of, of teachers in some ways of it. So I just think it's fun that two old school mentality guys are the ones that are getting to do an, a dog collar match like that. That's really fun. I'm, I'm not going to go on a long diet. I'm not even going to go on a diatribe about this because I could go on but it. No, it just, the one thing I will always say is AEW when they formed realized you can just appeal to your actual established market and you don't have to worry about going above and beyond for other people. Like the one problem I have with E is that they're constantly trying to catch casual fans. And the problem with that is they don't exist. You're, and you're doing something <laughs> for like, how do you catch casual fans? If you're struggling with your hardcore ones, you, you have to build your product up. AEW has realized like, and they're wrestlers. And, and this is a thing where they're acknowledging old feuds that, you know, people forget about. It's like, you know, wrestling dorks are who we want. We can build a successful brand around that. And guess what? When people get really excited about something, they tell their friends. That's how you get casuals. And you don't get casuals in because people just find it. You get casuals because wrestling dorks are like, no, you got to watch this. And their their excitement becomes, you know, it, and that's in all business. If you don't build your your brand for your, your, your already your customers, then you're never going to get anyone else. You have to. So I just love that they're like kids that these are two guys. And there's actually a bunch in this company, obviously who love old school wrestling and they put new spins on it, but I appreciate it too, because there is some stuff that was in the old that you're like, yeah, there was done that way for a reason. Let's watch it. Well, it should be exciting. They have a few more weeks to build to this pay-per-view match. And I'm sure along the way, MJF will find his voice. So we'll see what happens. But this is the first match right now uh, on the night that they announced for Revolution. 
Moving on, uh, after we come back from a commercial break, uh, Tony Schiavone is interviewing Jurassic Express because he's letting them know that there will be a three-way tag team championship title match at Revolution. So this is now the second match that we've gotten announced for Revolution. But we don't know who the other two teams are going to be contending for the titles. We do find out that there will be a battle royal next week. (laughs) And then uh, there will be a casino battle royal in two weeks to solidify who the two other teams will be vying for the titles. Jungle Boy does say that he loves a three-way match. Hey-o. And Christian Cage confirms that after Revolution, they'll still be tag champs. Uh, and then I think uh, Luchasaurus uh, grunts three-way. Um, I'll say this. That's a jungle man. He loves three-ways. Jungle men, notorious for loving three-ways. Loves them. Asian Joe, does Anna J know uh, about Jungle Boy's love for three-ways? Um... Asian Joe, that's Jungle Man. And I yes, hope so. And she, she does now. So I'm pretty sure, yeah. After that moment, she learned about it. So um, so yeah, we find out about that match, the next announcement for Revolution. Uh Kyle K. Sparks, that promo, the promo that launched a thousand slash slash fix. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. Wouldn't be googling my name if I was Jungle Boy to find out what the hell came from that. <laughs> no. It um, could just be him and a J and his hair. Yeah, maybe like, that might just... just be a whole separate entity at this point. Ooh. You know what I mean? What about him? Here's a three way: him, uh, Jungle Man, Anna J, and a hairbrush. There it is. I think That's you found it. Uh, guys. We get our first wrestling match of the night, and it's the American Dragon Brian Danielson versus Tiger Style Lee Moriarty. And this, quite frankly, folks, was something that I thought could be a throwaway. It certainly was not a throwaway. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this easily could have been Danielson just going in, you know, stretching him out. And moving on to what happened after the match, which I'm going to talk about now. But um, this wound up being a uh, a long match, picture in picture, right during this match too. Picture so in picture. That's right. <laughs> restaurant quality. Um, <laughs> cutting to the end, the American Dragon does win by referee stoppage with the figure four head scissors. My favorite of the submissions because he can give a double arm flex as he is uh, putting you to sleep. Uh, he also, I think, did the knee strikes to the head or the elbow strikes, I'm sorry, to the head before he put him in the choke. After the match, uh, Danielson gets on the mic uh, because he wanted to teach Moriarty a thing or two. He asks the crowd if Lee passed or failed. And when the crowd starts to say that he passed, uh, the dragon says that's why he doesn't trust the public with anything. <laughs> and that's when he basically says, um, you know, I asked John Moxley to team up with me. And I want an answer now. And that's when Moxley comes to to the ring. And uh, what I loved about this is kind of what we were talking about uh, or what you had mentioned, Ryan, about, you know, they do acknowledge the past because Moxley tells the whole story about how he's fought Danielson uh, when he was a young 
uh, go-getter, an up-and-comer, and Danielson was late, and the first time they met was in the ring. He also does mention that he's never beaten Danielson. So he th- thought about the proposition uh, and was looking for a reason to say no, uh, but he really couldn't find one. But he's not saying yes. He said before, basically before he decides to partner up with anybody, he's got to bleed with them first. Uh, so it's not yo, it's no, it's not yes, but it looks like we're lining up for a match, and then maybe these two can link up. So, um, Ryan Schlong, I'm gonna go to you first because uh, Kate is not a Danielson mark as much as she is a CM Punk mark. I'm not in anything mark as much as I'm a CM Punk. Right. Well, she's not even an, a no. She's not even a Kingston mark as much as she is. She's nah, a CM he's like mark, right mark. there, though. <laughs> so, Shlong, what did you think of the match one and the post-match segment with Moxley? That match was fantastic. Um, I didn't think it'd be throw. I get what you're saying because a lot of times that would be throwaway. The only reason I didn't think it was going to be was because the Brian's uh, Brian's promo where he named. Lee, I'm like, you don't name someone and then just obliterate them like that because that would kill credibility. If anything, Lee's had a bit of a coming out now. Like he's got he's had his name mentioned by Brian. He had that that um interaction with him where he stood up for himself. And now this match, which was just fantastic. That's that uh well, I don't know who who was doing the move because they both were doing it where they stood on their heads and just kept like hitting each other. What the hell is that? How like the triangle some a triangle what the fuck i don't know <laughs> what that exactly. was. and then that was the wild. stiff slaps that moriarty was taking across yeah. the face jesus moriarty was delivering too like he yeah. yeah they went hard he has he has a really good style especially for to go against danielson because he is so unique in his grappling that he needs someone who understands like not that he can't wrestle other guys, but he gets to the next level when he's in the ring with someone who understands what he's trying to do. Because with some of what he does is so weird. I loved the way Dan- uh, Brian Danielson won the what, like you said, with the flex, which is also something that's been done in MMA. I forget, it was put on Twitter. I forget the guy who did it. It was one of the um, Diaz brothers, but uh, where like he won in a similar fashion, like put him in. So it's a realistic ending, um, and then the fucking promo after. Are you telling me I'm going to get to watch them fucking wrestle and then form a team? You're giving me both things that I really want and with logic, because that is so mocks to be like, I got it. You got to prove to me that you're tough before we do this. It's like, fuck you. That's awesome. Um, Though I think women everywhere were relating that you need to bleed together before you fight together. Oh, sorry, Kate. Every month, every month, like Adam Cole, I loved that because he literally did bleed with Eddie Kingston, which is the only other person he's been friends with in this company. Right. So um, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, the match itself, I did not think was going to be a throwaway, but I'm also a big Lee Moriarty gal. Um, and knowing that Danielson requested the Bowens match made me wonder if he's like able to choose guys to throw in these slots. But I also didn't think it would be a throwaway because if they're going to build like a little stable around Max and Danielson, Lee's the guy you might consider putting in there. So I don't know if it's, I didn't feel like it was going to be a throwaway. And I think it's even less throwaway E than, than we even see right now. Um, the promo from Mox after I thought was just fantastic. 
and I love the end result. There was a missed opportunity where he could have been like, I'm not saying yes, and like really waited for yes chance, and I'm not saying no. I really waited for no chance. I don't think I don't think they wanted the chance, which is why he did that, to be quite that's honest. I think that's why he fair, went so I quick. Yeah, maybe you don't want to call attention to WWE today in particular, but I just thought because he's kind of been a little e drony whatever, um, that it might be fun. But I thought the promo was fantastic. I thought the logic was sound. I love, love, love not only acknowledging history outside of other companies, but like that's a true thing. Like Mox has never beaten Danielson, I don't think. So it's just cool that the the roots run that deep, that they use it in storytelling. That's not even just an acknowledging other promotions thing. That's just incredibly real life, which is awesome. So I think it's fantastic. I, much like Ryan, loved both options. So the fact that you're going to give me both in all likelihood is great. Um, so looking forward to that. Max is another one of these guys that all of his promos, everything makes sense in them. And this is, is going to be just, I think, fantastic programming over the next few weeks. And I don't think Danielson is capable of having a throwaway match anymore. Like, I I think he's pretty good at this. Yeah, I want to clarify. When I say throwaway, I didn't mean like a squash. I just meant like what's Danielson would be clear. Not even what's the point. That it would be a match of some length longer than you know two minutes but danielson would be in mostly full control just to show his superiority right and then get to what they got to after the match right oh no i'm i'm with you because that's historically been what wrestling is like sure even when you don't get a squash the traditional wrestling is exactly what you just described danielson comes out and is dominant He, he takes it doesn't like he may lose the five minute challenge if he was serena deeb but he's still dominant, but we didn't get, you're right. We didn't get that. So I was with you. I am with you in that. The only reason I didn't think that was simply because he name dropped him in that one promo. Had he not name dropped him and this just been a match 100% like, because there's no reason this, except for the fact that they clearly are trying to make lean Moriarty. There would be no reason for this to be the way it went down. Right. So I enjoyed this a lot. And then, uh, Ryan, just to answer, you know, so you know, you said you think Moriarty has a great style to work with Danielson. Yeah. And that style, Tyga style, all caps, no spaces. Just keep that in mind. Um, and then uh, also. Thank you for clarifying. That's right. All caps, no spaces. Um, and then Ryan also alluded to the, uh, I got to bleed with you first. Uh, you know, being a uh, menstrual uh, reference, uh, I'll be honest, in that exact moment, I turned to Mrs. Money on the couch and I said, do they have to sync up? Is that what he's talking about? <laughs> and she said, yes, that's exactly what he's talking about. So I picked mine, picked it up. I'm with you. I'm with you there, Ryan. That's it. So, uh, guys, moving on from this, we get, uh, sorry, I lost my place in the notes, blah, 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 blah. Oh, we get the Keith Lee hype reel after his debut last week. So Keith Lee says uh, that match last week was phase one. Phase two is the uh, ladder match at the pay-per-view. And uh, he's going to go onward and upward. So it was nice just to see Keith Lee on TV, even though it was a pre-tape. They are clearly invested in Keith. Can't cut a promo. It was a great promo. 
Yes, exactly. I, I do want to say that I'm so glad that because he ta- like he, that was something I had heard about him like, and he talked some in NXT he talked, but like you'd always heard like yeah he's fine and then he goes up and he they don't let him it's like what are you doing? Yeah, if you can do everything in the ring and can talk. I also want to say can am I the only one who thought like step one steel underpants step two of course step three profit like that's right, right where my head went underpants gnomes live in my head rent free in case you were wondering where they lived and in your underpants drawer there it is the need to make money i also like that keith lee said i'm here to prove a point so they are not shying away from you know his past without necessarily coming out and saying the words i was cut because they didn't believe in me um so i enjoyed it i can't wait to see what else keith lee shows us and if his next match is that ladder match, sign me the fuck up. Um, guys, we get our next Face of the Revolution ladder match qualifier. And it's Max Caster versus Wardlow. Wardlow does wind up winning by pinfall with the pump Powerbomb Symphony to qualify. But it didn't look like it was going to go his way for a moment there. Um, Caster hit him with the chain. He also hit him with the mic drop. Wardlow wouldn't stay down. So he eventually hits that powerbomb symphony. Post-match, Bowens attacks Wardlow. He does get powerbomb for his trouble. And I fucking Bowens was going to go flying uh, <laughs> over Wardlow when he picked him up. Uh, I, G, uh, Mrs. Money and I both at the same time went, oh my God. <laughs> um, but uh, then, of course, afterwards, um, Sean Spears gets in the ring and picks the bones with uh, some chair shots to which Wardlow did not look that happy. Uh, so again, we're sowing these seeds. Wardlow not necessarily loving his accountability buddy. Um, you know, guys, I think we thought that this was going to be how it goes. My one question here, and you can tell me what you thought of this match, but now we have Keith Lee and Wardlow in this ladder match. Sign me up still. I'll take it. Um, This has potential to be a crazy-ass ladder match. I don't know who else they're planning on putting in, because I haven't seen. Maybe it went straight over my head. I didn't see any other qualifiers announced. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now, I love where they're going with this. So, uh, Kate, let's go to you first. Back to you. A volley to you, Kate. What did you think of this? Yo, listen. Oh. <laughs> um, Wardlow had an epiphany. He hit him with the power bomb symphony. Um, match was exactly what it was supposed to be. Thank you. Uh, match was fine. Shenanigans after. Just kept the train moving. I like it when things like this don't take up that much time. This falls under that category. Um, but this was good. Could have been on Rampage, but fine enough. Uh, the women got a hell of a showcase tonight, so I can't complain. Um, yeah, that ladder match is going to be crazy because I think they have so many guys that are on the acrobatic side of things. And then you throw those two in there. Throw Hobbs in there. Someone in the chat said it too. Why not? Throw it. Throw Archer in there. Give me one more, like, Haas-type dude. But uh, if you haven't seen Keith Lee in a ladder match before, it's real fun. It's real, real fun. Um, there are some names circulating for potential debuts, and all of those names are 
on the smaller side and I in a good way. Like I think no matter who it is, the the circulating free agents, whether it's like Bud Matthews or Gargano or whoever, um, also know their way around a, a ladder match, but are on the smaller dude side and, and can definitely bump. So I think the ladder match is gonna be great. And I'm I'm looking forward to it, having those two big dudes in there. You need a guy that makes a ladder look small, and AEW doesn't have a lot of those. So now they have those two in there, and I think it'll be great. Schlong, what's your take on this match and the upcoming ladder match? So match was good. Like Kate said, it was quick. Um, but it also didn't feel too squashy for Max Caster, so I don't I like that. Like it didn't make him feel like like local talent, like he looked like a like he belonged. Also, because he's a tag guy, he can get away with losing one-on-one a little bit easier. Um, the story they're telling with Spears waiting it out is great because the first person Wardlow destroys is going to be Spears, and then it's going to be MJF. So I'm very excited for that. So now you have Keith Lee and Wardlow in. Now, the nice thing is two very different styles, even though they're both sorry, big men. I mean, Keith Lee can do some you know, flippy-dippy stuff you know, for a guy his size. I would never have until Kate said just throw Hobbs in too. Would have never thought Hobbs would beat like say beat Dante Martin and be your third. I almost well, that's right. That's that is a that's a qualifier, that's a, right? I forgot yeah. about that. You're right. I wanted Dante because, duh, yeah, of course, duh, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm kind of cheering for Hobbs because if you tell me you get your three big boys in there. Those ladders are just going to be like tossed around like they weigh nothing, like they're like an indie ladder. Um, so, um, and Hobbs can do some cool stuff too. Not he's not flippy, but he he can move. All three of them can move, so that 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 benefits them in a ladder match where they're not, you know, going to take an hour to just go fetch a ladder. Like they they can actually move a little bit. But then I really feel bad for whoever the other participants are because then you have. Three big boys, and then whoever else is left. So I'm I'm very excited for I'm I'm looking forward to the ladder match. Um, I don't I mean we're not at predictions yet, but I still think Keith Lee has to be the favorite. I'd agree with that, and actually, <clears throat> a thought crossed my mind right here. I had I hadn't thought about it, but any way that Spears sneaks into this match, and we now somehow. Have Spears and Wardlow kind of vying for that shot. And that's kind of what drives the big kind of not necessarily drives the split, right? Because MJF is doing a good job of sort of driving that story. Um, But yeah, I mean, Spears oh. can sneak into this match and now we have a whole new layer to the split. Well, Spears can get in the match, but not be the one who sneaks in there. It could be that MJF sneaks him in there. Sure. So like that, I like that idea though of, you know, because there's two more spots, well, three more spots, because there's two that we don't know about yet, right? Like, because we know it's either going to be Hobbs or Dante, and then there's two, one of which we won't know until it actually happens. Um, So there, that wouldn't be a bad use of that one last spot that we will know before the match, because that does tell such a good story. And it would be a way to keep Wardlow from winning, but not hurt Wardlow, because you could have Spears cost Wardlow. And Wardlow would be like, "What the hell are you doing? We were we were supposed to be in this together. We were we were buds. We, you were my accountability buddy, and I was a little I bit curious. Buddy. And I think you were a little bit curious too. 
It's true. Well, either way, I like the way that this is uh, shaping up. And I totally spaced on the powerhouse Hobbs Dante Martin match. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, to, to everybody's point and athletically lazy said it uh, in the chat. If Hobbs enters with all those guys, those ladders are going to take a beating and I'm all for it. I think we're all on the same page. Um, all right, moving on from this, we do get uh team Britt Baker DMD. I'm sorry, team Britt Baker D M D uh interview backstage. I I just never remember which way I'm moving on camera. Um it just disappears and then it just kind of you don't see me finish. Yeah. That's what um, she said. <laughs> nice Thank noise. You. Noise. So anyway, uh, Britt Baker uh, tells Mercedes Martinez to finish the job and finish Thunder Rosa. She's got the best squad and the best sensei. And that's when OG sensei John Kreese of the Cobra Kai rolls in. Britt Baker asks him what to do if Mercedes loses, and he tells her to finish her. No mercy, of course, in the style of Cobra Kai. So we move on from that, but clearly, guys, we don't have to talk in de- at depth uh, in depth about this. We'll get to the match later, but we are clearly kind of sowing some seeds for what can happen later in the show. Uh, after the break, Shivani comes back to introduce Hangman Adam Page, and as he starts talking, immediately we get interrupted by Adam Cole. Baby! All right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Cole asks uh, the crowd to give the champion a round of applause and uh, says he's been in some battles uh, against Danielson, against Kenny Omega, the Texas death match. And Hangman has certainly owned the right to call himself the champion. He's been the world champ. Every, uh, Adam Cole has been the world champ everywhere he's gone. And it's a shame Hangman's reign has to end so stu- soon. But Paige says uh, he's wondered how it felt for Cole to leave and watch his friend b- friends build an empire without him. And it must be weird standing in the ring with his Bullet Club buddy and Ring of Honor roommate, knowing this is the only title he will never, ever hold. Oh, that makes me miss Cruise Director, Mike. I know. I wish we had him here. I need to take him back from Matt. So uh, Cole does start talking about the Young Bucks and the Dark Order to point out basically that Hangman hasn't associated with either for months uh, and asks what kind of friend he is. And Paige does admit he's not perfect, but he doesn't think Cole's the best record with friendship either. He's got regrets and made mistakes, and he's starting to think that being in the ring with him tonight is one of the worst mistakes Cole's ever made. So as they start to kind of wrap up this, uh, you know, little back and forth, uh hangman does lay the title and the mic down rolls up his cuffs he starts to come at adam cole but adam cole does uh say that uh, from the bottom of his heart he's got nothing but love respect and admiration for page in his heart and if he can share the ring with anybody in the company it's going to be him uh when they fight for the title it's going to be man to man and when that day comes it's going to be full uh full of respect and the best man will win they do shake hands, and then Cole leaves with no issue. But then a returning Red Dragon hit the ring to beat Page down, and that's when Cole slides back in to join them. Uh, it's a three-on-one beatdown. Security comes into into the ring, and that's when the Dark Order also shows up. 
and then Preston Vance uh, decides to start taking out security guards. Uh, and the other Dark Order boys kind of hold him back, but he chucks another guard out uh, right after them. Uh, so I liked this. Uh, I like this uh, promo because I felt like it did give you some of the backstory, right? We know, we know because we know these guys of the history, but not to Ryan's point, not everybody may be clued in, but right. we're in the know is what Anne is trying to say. We're very, very, very smart here. We're geeks is what Anne is trying to say. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're genius savants. You know, we're the Mark order for a reason. Yeah. You know, just um, like a little bit better than all of you. But no, I, I want to call back to Ryan's point of like earlier on, you know, with CM Punk kind of giving some history uh, and them kind of not making you feel like if you don't know it, you know, you're an idiot. It's really the same thing here. They do a really good job in this promo of filling you in in the past, you know, Bullet Club buddies, Ring of Honor roommates, all that kind of stuff. You know, it really spells out everything you need to know that they have a history that they were friends and now they're not. Uh, and it also pulls back the dark order into hangman's corner, which, you know, to Cole's point, we haven't seen for a while. So, um, there's a lot going on here. The one thing that, and I'll get your take. The one thing I really didn't like about this was the security. If you're going to have the dark order come out and make the save, it was a little awkward with the security there too. Um, but that's just me. I think, you know, picking nits, uh, I'm not sure how you guys felt. Schlong, let's get your take first here because we've we're just ping ponging it tonight. Go ahead. What'd you think? All right. So I have a couple things here. First, to to address Rob Humphrey, we did accidentally skip the appearance of Melissa Joan Hart. We should never ever skip Clarissa because she explained it all for us. Did she all all that she knew at the time and that I knew at the time. So. I have a couple things. Couple I loved. Listen, overall loved it because I'm, the feud's going to be great, and I like that. Like you said, they're addressing the history, but not and not beating you over the head with it, but also not requiring you to know too much about it. It's just like the perfect amount. We're going to get a fantastic match out of this fantastic feud. I have two minor issues. First, with the security, if you're going to do security, don't send out someone who's been used on dark so much. And has an easily identifiable haircut like Baron Black. Yep. Because I know he's not security. Like you just didn't need. You could have said security and other help from the back, and that would have been like fine. But I just hate. It's a very minor. Like you said, it's picking nits. It's very minor. But I saw him right away. I'm like, that's why would you use him? Like everyone knows who he is. He's been used so much that even if you don't watch Dark, you kind of know who he is. Um, my second thing is, Red Dragon isn't Red Dragon. It's Redragon. Everyone understands that, right? It's that's re-dragon. Literally how I read it every time. <laughs> that's what it is. There's no two Ds. It's re-dragon. It's a re-dragon. You dragon once, and then you re-dragon. So, I'm with you. Um, great segment. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about Adam Cole was he's very good at taking the pop that he gets and all the cheers he gets and sitting in them until he doesn't. Like, he's very good at, like, I get a lot of cheers, but I'm here to be a heel. I just love the way this was produced. I loved the smirk on his face when he knew Redragon and the first dragon and the second dragon were all going to attack. Um, I He just 
a good little piece of storytelling, just that facial expression. And you knew it was going to happen because he was acting a little bit too babyface at this point. Um, and I like that we got to see the the Dark Order on our screen, even though they ripped off our name. I still appreciate True. it whenever I get to see them on our television. And uh, yeah, same same complaint about security. I was like, that's Baron Black. Um, but you know what? He got paid today, so good for him. And uh, yeah, this, this was great. It feels good that we have things to sink our teeth into now a couple weeks before revolution. It was a very unclear picture when we talked about this two weeks ago, and now it's getting much clearer as we get closer to the event. I'm sure Cody's contract was probably a part of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, <clears throat> listen, I, I don't know when they decided to go Adam Cole as the next man up, but sign me up. Right. Like, I think we started seeing those seeds be sown like two weeks ago, and now it's just very clear he's the next guy, right? So, yeah, we were getting whiffs of it around the um, the beach bash. Yes, bash uh, the beach bash in Cleveland. I feel like that's when it started. To he was talking about being undefeated and number one ranked and stuff like it started to get there. And then a couple weeks ago, it was like, Oh, okay. This is what they're going to do after Archer. Right. But sign me up. It'll be a great match. And that is, that is certainly going to be the way it goes. Uh, even though it hasn't, I don't think officially been announced for revolution. Then that's where we're heading. Unless they swerve us and throw somebody else in the mix, but this is going to be the way it goes. Uh, we do get a video package for the main event the, for the evening, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, but we do go to the inner circle versus Santana and Ortiz after this uh, little promo. The big surprise here is Kate's other man crush, Eddie Kingston, uh, returned tonight. Uh, he entered uh, to uh, be in Santana and Ortiz's corner. And, uh, you know, cutting to the end of this so we can kind of talk about it. Proud and Powerful do wind up getting a win by pinfall after a discus lariat is delivered from Santana on Jericho. Uh, we got there because Jericho um, got involved with Eddie Kingston. He tried to hit um, he tried to hit a Judas effect, but it got rolled under and that was allowed for the discus lariat. After the match, uh, Jericho does go after Eddie Kingston in what looked like an old lady fight. Um, that was a little awkward for me, but clearly we are going to uh, get Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Uh, the nice thing for me here is that Proud and Powerful look like they're now going to be moving on uh, without them officially kind of saying, hey, the inner circle's over. It looks like they're moving on, and I think we've all wanted this for quite a long time uh i would love to see them in one of these uh battle royals to get into that revolution match uh but if they don't wind up doing that and they just start on their own path you know going through teams i'm good with that too either way love the outcome post match was a little weird kate you are uh an eddie kingston mark uh if not at the same level as chicago midpunk just underneath um, so why don't we get your take here first? Guys, Eddie Kingston was back on my screen. I was so happy. He also had some 
great tweets earlier in the day, one of which was um, like the AEW on TNT account putting like a crying face for the inner circle thing. And he was like, grow up. <laughs> he retweeted it as like, why are you crying? Grow up, which I just love. Um, he seemed like he had a really sincere smile on his face, which made me happy. The post-match, I think what happened was Jericho wanted to look like he was going for Kingston's eye because that's what you logically could do in that situation. But you also don't want to actually go for someone's eye because you could really fuck up their whole life. <laughs> so I think he was like, just didn't do a good job of like masquerading what he was trying to do. But that did read very awkward. Uh, I'm very excited for what the handwriting on the wall of, of this is. And it's nice to see Jericho get back to like a little bit less of a cheese dick and a little bit more of a person that operates in real life. Um, but I'm I'm excited for for Kingston Jericho. Jericho fought Nick Gage a year ago. Like I I think um, you know he certainly can take the punishment, and I think he appreciates Eddie's style. So uh, I think he will do his best as a 50 year old man in that match, but. I'm excited for what this means for for Proud and Powerful. I, I think they absolutely deserve a lengthy tag run. So like you said, whether they end up in a match that gets them there or they start mowing through teams, I'm ready for whatever that's going to look like. So Shlong, I, I failed to mention this, but it's true. And I thought the same thing here. Oh, Dan Housen. Um... Kyle K. Sparks said, it's odd that Jericho kicked out of the street sweeper, but then went down to a discus lariat. Um, I felt the same way. Um, I I remember actually saying to Mrs. Money on the couch, like a discus lariat. But listen, it got us to what we needed to get to. So um, what'd you think, Shlong? I'm glad you brought that comment up because I was going to, because I felt the same thing. The only thing I could think of is because with Jericho, and the way they've done the inner circle for the entire run, you didn't actually know who was going to win. Like we all thought it would be, you know, Santana and Ortiz, but you didn't actually know because it hasn't, this, this story hasn't always gone the way you think. So I'm guessing they were trying to swerve us a little bit by like the obvious move. The street sweeper should be the win. And when it wasn't, you're like, Oh fuck, here we go. And then to have it end on Larry, it was kind of like a surprise. I'm guessing that's what they were going for. I'm not 100% on that, but that would be my my assumption. I enjoyed the match a lot. I mean, I will say his commentary pointed out Hager and Jericho did look good for all things yeah. considered. Jericho does look like he slimmed down a bit, which I'm not – I don't think he was ever fat. I just think, like, he he ranges his body depending on what he thinks he needs to be doing at the time. Um, Santana and Ortiz are amazing. I laugh that Ortiz – even though Santana's the hot tag, it always feels like Ortiz is the heavy in that on that team, and that yeah. just cracks me up because he's so small compared to Santana. It's like, but you're the you're the heavy. You're the because he's the one eyeing up Hager. He's the one who's like, you know, you don't cross the if you cross the line, then I get involved type situation. <laughs> right, he's um, the problem. Yeah, but I'm I'm I think that like you, uh, Kate was saying afterwards, they were trying to make that he was going for the eye and that us. Uh, Eddie had something wrapped around his hand, so he was threatening with that. But the way he was threatening was like his hand was way up and it just looked weird. He wasn't selling it. Like, I don't blame him, but I think the camera wasn't helping him there. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, the match is great, and the the outcome is what I wanted because now Santana and Ortiz have a chance to really do some damage. And I don't 
the you know, AEW a lot of times is very clever with their uh their descriptions above the names when they when they inter- like have people walk out. Yep. But Hangman, they're always a joke with other people. They were very nice to put in there that Santana and Ortiz are on a 14 and 0 run as a tag team. That's yeah. and it's the longest streak. So while they're not ranked because they've been doing shit for the inner circle, that's a nice important thing to put out there that like they're the you know they're which I actually don't I guess on maybe dark that's where they because them now I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like they lost FTR at some point, so but whatever. Either way, they're trying to get them across is like, no, they've been doing stuff. It's just been that Chris Jericho's been holding them up. And I love that because I like Jurassic Express, but I like Santana and Ortiz more as a team. Sure. So I really want them to come and take those titles and and just run with it. I think they could do gangbusters in this division and for this division because they are so unique. I also want to call out uh, Athletically Lazy said, uh, I enjoyed Jericho's reversal into the walls of Jericho. Good stuff. Uh, you know, that's a good point, too. I, you know, I forgot about it as we were kind of going through this, but. I don't know the last time I, th- I can't remember the last time I saw him put on the walls of Jericho. So I thought that that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought this was a great match. I don't know what else there's to say. We've kind of gone through it. It's going to be interesting to see where we go with proud and powerful now, but it looks like they're on their way to doing their own thing. Uh, we do go backstage with uh, the Cutler cam, Adam Cole, red, uh, I'm sorry, Reed dragon. Um, Thank you. And the young bucks, uh, Kate. Are you real quick? Are you drinking water out of a wine glass? Yeah. So fancy. I know. I Is know it if- becomes a commentator and now she's one classy bitch. That's right. So a couple questions though, just so I know. Mm-hmm. Still or sparkling? Still. Uh, cold room temp or warm? Between cold and room temp. Okay, so tepid. Sure. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Tepid still out of a wine glass. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. I'm no, like, it's fine. You can ask me about my fancy water. So now everybody knows what's on her rider. Uh tepid <laughs> water and uh tepid still water in a wine glass. Uh so I feel we like get... is extra silly tonight, and I like it. The rest of us just get water out of the hose. That's right. <laughs> it's... Look, you it's get... Goldilocks and the three bears, all right? It's not the four of us. There's one ringleader, it's Goldilocks. So there's my three bears. I get the fancy glass. <laughs> well, well, we can mute you if you're going to try to act like you're the star. We can mute. We can boot too. I think we could, but then I'd have to let her back in, and I think the whole thing. Uh, no, I'll leave. I'm out. No, fine. 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 Anyway, backstage, Adam Cole, Redragon, Young Bucks. Uh, Redragon asks where the Bucks were just now, and they say they've uh, had enough beating Hangman down. And Cole uh, accepts uh, accepts it and says next week will be great for them because he's going to beat Preston Vance. Jay White's going to beat Trent Beretta. And one of their teams is going to be win the number one contenders battle royal. Matt asks where Kyle's been. And Kyle says that he was out uh, winning Dad of the Year award because he's he just had a kid. And then uh, Matt says, congrats, I have two of those. And Nick says, I've got three. And um, uh, Cole basically says, you know, we've got to come together here. This is a great team. No, no, don't, don't, don't miss out Cole's best line. You all have beautiful children. <laughs> <laughs> <Very> true. 
Um, but Cole basically says that, you know, we've got to, you know, come together. This is, a, you know, a, a really formidable group uh, and uh, we're going to, you know, take care of business. And then they all wish each other luck and leave uh, Young Bucks to the left, Redragon to the right, even though it's not working with the camera. And um, then Cole is just kind of figuring out which way he's going to go. And that's when Brandon Cutler says, um, which way are you going to go, Cole? And that's when Cole yells for Brandon to turn the camera off. And we go to break. So, guys, um, it's it looks like we're going to have the Bucks in the mix, right, for one of these tag matches. We're also apparently going to have Redragon in one of these uh, tag matches. Um, I think if we're putting anybody in a three-way, that uh the jungle man loves so much it would probably be the bucks uh but you know it should be interesting to see how this uh interpersonal relationships within this group play out uh schlong what do you think about this whole segment well i like i said i had to give cole the credit for the line because i audibly laughed to myself like like a madman because i just for whatever reason it really hit me um I like the tension being built. I love that Redragon is being treated as like a legitimate threat as a team because they should be. You know, they they're they're kind of the FTR of the world where like individually you don't really think about the guys, but as a team they are that at that level. Um so I'm 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 enjoying where this is going. It's got to lead to Omega coming back and the Elite versus whatever undisputed error blah blah blah. Well, I guess You'll have Omega versus Jay White, and then because you're gonna have Cole versus Hangman. But either way, you're you're gonna. I'm enjoying where the story is going. This is where I do honestly miss the person we won't reference again, because he did fit so naturally into this story. But all this is working. Just just hitting all the right spots. Mention him as long as we're no, harping nope. on him. We did our moment. We did our moment of silence. We did the 21 gun salute. I hummed. It became a thing, Kate. We cannot mention. He he who shall not be named the, the uh, nightmare. I I've never seen the films, but I know we. It's basically Voldemort, right? He who shall not be named. There you go. Voldemort. Voldemort. Um. Well, I if there's a British person listening, which I would doubt, but if there is, they're so mad right now that we're pronouncing the T. Uh, well, I was just going off the office. No, I you're you're right. I'm just saying it's it's funny to me because they do get like. There's no T. It's like I'm an American. I'm gonna say the fucking T. Get over it. There's it's there's a T on the word. Don't don't put it there if you don't want it. Uh, I'll just add that I I really appreciated them trying to just like out out baby each other. I had two kids. Well, I have three. Just made me laugh a lot. Um, But yeah, this is great. I liked it quite a bit, and I just like that they lead into the stories that are right there. So kudos to them for doing that. And to Ryan's point real quick about the line that got him was you all have beautiful babies. What got me was Matt Jackson going, I've got two of those, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like talking like they're cars. Yeah. I got two of those things. Yeah. Oh, you have a Lamborghini. Well, I have two of those. Yeah. It's so Sean said that like, when he tries to describe the books to people, it's that they take whatever criticism they get and turn it up to ten. And I, I, 
I love that in general, and I really love it when it's as comedic as they are. Oh, we wore flashy clothes? Well, now our face has pink facial hair on it. Like, I do so love that about them, and that, like, was in the back of my head during this of, yeah, I got two of those. Yeah, I got three of them. Like, <laughs> so funny. They have names. By the way, Rob Humphrey says that I should have watched the British version of The Office. I have, Rob Humphrey. I enjoy both. They're two separate things. They are guys we move on to mercedes martinez versus thunder rosa in a no dq match so let's cut to the end here and then talk about it a little bit um thunder rosa winds up winning by pinfall with the fire driver uh fire thunder driver excuse me onto the stack of chairs and post-match uh thunder rosa winds up helping martinez up uh and martinez sort of backs off as team DMD comes down and that's when Britt Baker consults with Sensei Crease, and he says he told her that she was weak finish her and that's when Rebel and Jamie Hayter double team Thunder Rosa whoa pardon me like every, I love a three everybody way. loves three way. and a double team <laughs> um Rebel and Hayter both jump uh Thunder Rosa that's when Britt gives Mercedes the pipe and tells her to join in, but Martinez Martinez hesitates, and that's when Rebel and Jamie Hader turn on uh, Mercedes Martinez. So uh, it looks like an interesting turn of events. The hired gun can't get the job done, and now everybody's turning on everybody. Probably, maybe at some point we'll see a tag team: uh, Thunder Rosa, Mercedes Martinez versus Britt and uh, Jamie Hader. I don't hate that, um, but. I was a little mixed on this match, guys, if we're being honest. Um, there were some sloppy moments. There was some good stuff. Uh, the moment that seemed to confuse everybody was the uh, Martinez elbow off the top rope. It even confused a commentary who said she slipped. It did look like she jumped, but didn't really jump, like just kind of fell forward. It was awkward. There were a few of those awkward spots, I feel like, between uh, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes in this match. I don't know if maybe, to be honest, I don't know their history, if they've worked a lot together or anything like that. But if they haven't, it was a little apparent in this match. But all in all, I think this gave uh, people what they want to see. It was a longer women's match. It was a no DQ on television. And they've been sort of building this story. This is like the first thing that, Thunder Rosa had to get through before she can get to Britt Baker, you know, for all intents and purposes. So, uh, Kate, I'd like to go to you first since you're Mercedes Martinez, Mark. Triple M, baby. 3M, like the scotch tape. Yes. Um, I mostly liked this match. It definitely had its weird moments, but I think those moments come in matches where people are beating the ever-living shit out of each other, which is what these two did for a lot of this match. Made me a little bit worried that maybe one of them was concussed because there were, it was like a wobbly offness. Um, but I I liked most of the match. I I like it when you just have two women that just beat the shit out of each other, like really lay their stuff in. Uh, and I I really like where the story's going because it can go. It's very clear, but it can still go a couple places. I think we're definitely getting Mercedes and Jamie at some point. If not, like you said, I think we're gonna see. Thunder Rosa gain a friend, um, which will be nice. I like it when faces have friends. It's the logical thing that happens. So overall, 
yes, some sloppy spots, but it's definitely a match that offered something different than we see a lot of in AEW. So I, I like it for that reason a lot. Athletically Lazy Ryan also said the spider German from Mercedes was nasty. Agreed. What a great looking move that was. The follow-up elbow, though, not so great. Um, Schlong, your thoughts? So I really enjoyed this match. Now, the thing I'll say is there were some moments that were a little sloppier, but they work well in a match where it's this brutal because they weren't... Like, that elbow is a perfect example. Yeah, she slipped, but it made the elbow look to land a lot harder, actually. So while everyone knew that, yeah, that wasn't supposed to go down that way, it didn't look less painful, which is, I think, the worst way to botch. I, I'd rather see if you're going to have it, have it look more painful because then people are like, well, it's just, yeah, she slipped. But man, that that thing looked pain like it doesn't take away from the match. Um, So I could get past them because it was just so hard hitting and so awesome. It also works better with a style like that because it's like if you were in a shoot fight, not everything would look like cute and clean. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I think I think that's why it's a little easier for me to excuse. It's just like, well, yeah, if you were actually beating the hell out of someone, it wouldn't look pretty. <laughs> and how you recover, and they did a pretty good job of recovering everything. Like they never, to me, the in all wrestling, the way a botch is bad is when you let it sit in, when like you don't know how to get out of the mistake you just made. You, you, when you roll with it, it, it ends up being a lot better. Hi, Buster. Buster Going has out your... opinions about this match. He does. He really liked the match. He's also got um, a red rocket. Oh my goodness, Buster! No, he doesn't. I was just kidding because oh. it was a women's match. Get it? Oh, mm-hmm. I see what you did there. You think my dog's into three ways like Jungle Boy? I'm sure three he ways is. and double teams. What I like is that Mercedes didn't actually make a decision to to team with Thunder. It was kind of taken from her. Like, she did the respect thing at the end. She had the pipe. And, yeah, you're going to hesitate because this woman just showed you respect. So you're going to be like, do, do I do this? But she didn't, like, back away. She was attacked before that could happen. So, like, to me, that's more natural than all of a sudden just one handshake changing who she is. It was Britt attacking her that's going to make that team up work. What I hope is we've been put, it's not going to happen, but we've been pushing for stables in the women's division. I wouldn't mind a stable with those two. And then uh, on Twitter, she, I can't take responsibility for this. Alex, queen of the ring. Okay. Um, she put out the third in that stable should be a Diamante, which made me lose my mind. Cause I would love that. Um, I, I want Diamante with Eddie and proud. Well, that's actually the more so realistic, bad. the better but one, but I wouldn't be mad at that. I would I even just take to... a tag team, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante. Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? I want to point out how funny it is to me that they're having the act. I don't know the actor's name for Cobra Kai, but they're having him be in character. Like he's not the actor. He's the character because if he was the actor, then he's a big old dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just really funny that they're like, no, in our universe, this is real, and he's a person. They did give his real name, but I just don't know. Uh, I just know that's John. No, John, John Kreese Cree. is the character. Oh, okay, duh. I haven't yeah, watched. He that. played John Kreese. Well, all you'd yeah, have to see funny. is uh, the Karate Kid Part One and Part Two for the first few minutes, and Part Three. So, just watch those films. You'll know John Kreese. I, I only watched the Jaden Smith one get out of here also 
I have to ask about a spot in this too because I might have missed it. I, I saw the table spot. Were they having trouble setting it up, or was that on purpose? Because I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure of the answer though. This is what I mean by like it looked like it wasn't their fault that the table was already busted before they got to it. Like it wouldn't open properly. But that's what I mean by like recovering. Like they didn't try too long on it to like make it like it was noticeable because obviously all three of us picked up on it. But I've seen matches where like that table spot could have taken up a good five minutes as they tr- struggle to figure out the table. And in this one, they're just like, fuck it, move on. Find another one. We'll do something. Like that is how you cover up a botch. You don't sit on it. But yeah, I, I actually don't think that was on purpose. I think the table just wouldn't open. Got it. I, I missed that part. I must, I think I was throwing some stuff out. Uh, so I left the room, but, um, all right. After this guys, maybe the most important part of the night, we got a promo from the King switch himself, Jay white somewhere for some reason, Matt had an accident in his pants and not in the back in the front. <laughs> maybe both. Well, you don't know with Matt. Uh, that's very true. That's true. That could just be coincidental. Basically. Uh, I, I, I love this because they are certainly at some point, in my opinion, lining up Kenny and the switch uh, because uh, Jay White basically took uh, ownership of basically setting AEW in motion because he beat Kenny Omega for the uh, NJPW IWGP world, you know, whatever U.S. title. There's so many acronyms in their titles. I can't keep them straight, but he basically took, um, you know, uh, took the ownership of basically beating Kenny. Therefore, AEW uh, exists because that caused Kenny to leave New Japan. Uh, So I love that. Uh, And uh, he says that it's his time now and they go to break. Just a really subtle thing. We don't have to dig into it. We're going to see the Switchblade Friday night at rampage but i just really like the fact that he basically was like you're welcome for aew it was me i think there's going to be some friction between switchblade and cole because switchblade is stealing the dmd he's not saying dmd but he's got the hand motion you know ryan it's funny you say that because mrs money in that moment was like he can't do that we can't have two people doing the same thing somebody has to take ownership so they, didn't that should be your first intergender match. Oh, for ownership. For ownership. Of... One, two, three. Yes. Yeah. I'm with it. You got me. Guys, it's time for the main event. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara for the AEW TNT Championship. They do a little bit of handshake circling, and then eventually we get into this match. Um... What an incredible match. These two guys, we know what they can do. Getting close to the end here, uh, Jose comes down and runs some interference. Sting comes out to cut him off. Darby's perched up on the top rope, but Andrade whacks him with a tablet. And uh, Darby Allen is basically out on top of the turnbuckles. Sammy kind of stirs up and um, collects Darby uh, out of the corner. Sammy wins by pinfall with the GTH to retain the championship post-match. Matt Hardy runs in um, and slides the ring bell 
uh, uh, and gets the ring uh, in the ring, excuse me, not the ring bell, uh, gets in the ring to beat Darby Allen down. Uh, that's when Sammy comes in to basically run Matt Hardy off, but Andrade comes up from behind, hits Guevara in the back of the head with the tablet as well, and uh, Andrade picks up both belts, poses, Sting gets in the ring to run off Andrade, and that's how we end the night. So I like this because not only was the match good, but Andrade now is delivering on everything he said, right? He told Darby... I'm going to be the one to win these titles. You're going to work for me. Clearly he's getting involved here and costing Sammy the, uh, sorry, costing Darby the match, but he is lining himself up obviously to want to take these titles. So we're still advancing on everything. They're making good on all the threats that he basically put out in the universe. Um, Schlong, let's go to you first. What'd you think of this match and all the antics? The match was fantastic, as expected. These two are two great wrestlers. I love that Darby can take insane bumps in a match that is just normal. It's not a false count down anywhere. It's not a ladder. It's a normal match, and somehow he manages to still make me wince, just like with the bumps he's taking. I mean, Sammy takes some pretty crazy ones, too. That's This was kind of like the the two guys who just look like they want to hurt themselves. Um, but I think these guys have great chemistry. Clearly, two of the the biggest future. I mean, they're already the biggest. I don't want to call them future stars. Two of the biggest stars in the in the company, and they're the homegrown ones. They're the you know from the beginning guys. Uh, the after stuff was. I don't mind how this ended because it protected Darby, and it. I don't usually like these non DQ finishes, but like outside interference. But I do when it furthers a story in a really good way, and I think this furthers that story because. You have Andrade, who's now going to go against Sammy, which is going to be fucking outstanding. Um, and you have Darby against Andrade, which is going to be fucking outstanding. Um, the funny thing is, Matt Hardy looked like a worker bee there. He didn't look like a, a guy running his own business. He was doing somebody else's work, and uh, he may not like that for too long and decide he needs some someone he can trust back in the company, someone who's starting their final run together. Someone he loves like oh. a brother. But like not a brother, but like a brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed all of it uh, through the end. Uh, the funny part that made me laugh is Sting is watching Andrade celebrate in the ring and pick up those those titles. And only once he walks back around does he decide, okay, now I'm going to get in the ring. It's like, where the hell were you? Yeah. So, Kate, what did you think of this finale? I loved it. I've said over and over again that if Darby wasn't in this company, Sammy would be their Darby because Sammy does take insane bumps. This part of the show made me feel kind of like how I say that it was like an FU to the guy we're not mentioning, but it did occur to me that this was like an extremely strong episode. It closed with two of the pillars facing each other. They had like crossover promotion-y stuff. It did feel kind of like a statement episode in a way of like the quality of this product is not going down in his absence. Um, great match. I think Andrade might go over against Sammy, and I'm not mad about it. I think it um, – I don't think Sammy needs it anymore. I think he has had a, a good run since the post-inner circle nonsense, and um, I, th- I think Andrade would benefit a lot from having it, and it, he would be a, a fantastic next champion for it. So – 
uh, if, if that's the direction they decide to go, I'll be thrilled. Um, if they choose not to go, I'll never watch again. No, just kidding. It'll it'll still be great. But Ooh, give me I think... one more defense. Like, and it doesn't have to be a big one. Just give me one more. Just like that last awesome match. Like, because that's. I mean, I don't know why. It feels to me like Andrade is going over. I but it does seem like Scorpio Sky should be next in line. So I feel like one of those two should. But you could also have. Scorpio Sky beat Andrade in a few months and it not really like hurt Andrade. Oh, I'm not much. even talking has to be like Andrade. Like he can lose to Andrade at a, what is it? Revolution. But I'm just saying between then and that, between now and then, give me one guy, just one. It could be, a, I, I think he's already fought Tony Nese, but like that kind of thing, like just a, another sure. awesome match so that he has his resume of like, here's all my title defenses. Because what I like about the TNT is it's never going to be held for long. Like, TNT and, and uh, title, yeah. yeah, the main title and TNT should almost be opposites. Like the main title has few defenses, but it's held for much longer. And the TNT is held much shorter, but tons of defenses because each has their, their, their issues, you know, fewer chances to, right. to do stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm, it does feel like Andrade and I'm not going to complain. Andrade's awesome. Him Andrade's and his baseball great. pants. Guys, I totally forgot before we wrap up dynamite. I totally forgot uh in between uh i think the women's match and um the switchblade promo we got a house of black video package um i totally forgot my apologies but basically uh malachi black is sitting at a table doling out his tarot cards talking about violence begetting violence and no violence can be created without judgment and we see the necklace you know, uh, sitting on the table, which you could assume was uh, Malachi Black's maybe sitting there. But then Brody King is sitting there with his uh, necklace on and he says, who are we waiting for? And uh, I don't know. I couldn't make out the name on the card, like because, you know, each card has a name. It might have been Judgment. Um, but uh, Malachi flips it and puts it down. I don't remember exactly what he said, but you then see kind of this shifty image in the background. This is presumably the third man who will be joining uh, the House of Black. So Abel, listen, Mabel's the third man. I don't know who's saying it's not. At one point, it was Mabel. Anyway, um, guys. I mean, there's names out there, right? There's a Wyndham Rotunda. I don't know if he were to come in if he needed to do this, but sign me up. I was one for saying at some point it would be Lance Archer. I don't think they're going that way. But clearly, they did announce that uh, next week we're going to get the House of Black versus Penta and and Pac. So they're going to run that match back could be the time where we finally see the third man there are also rumors you know that are out there saying that they do have a signing who is coming uh and it's a big one maybe it's this person who knows any anybody want to throw out who they think this might be i mean bud matthews is the one that gave malachi black his fucked up I so I feel like that would be a really 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 fun natural fit to have in there um he is diesel and he can fly my goodness um what a 
what a skilled worker and I think very similar storyteller to what they're doing with, with House of Black. Like, I think he can fit in really nicely there. Um, yeah, I don't know who else off the top of my head, like outside the company, who that would be within the company. Man, there's a wealth of young talent that you could put in there. Could be Julia Hart. Who knows? That'd be so funny. Buster don't give a fuck. I know that much. He doesn't. Shlong, what do you think? Anybody you want to throw out there? So here's the thing. I almost wish it would be from in the company because that would be a twist no one sees coming. Like everyone's thinking outside because that's just how they've done it. And I've loved it. I'm not complaining. But if it was inside and, and not Julia Hart, but like someone else, that would be a twist no one saw coming. The thing about it is when we say huge signing, I don't think you know, Buddy Matthews is that level. Um, Agree. He's, you know, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, again. Uh, it would be a nice he, signing, but it's definitely not. Yeah, but not. he's not. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda is probably the biggest name out there. Cody Rhodes. Excuse me? Yeah. Well, he is. A, we, Free agent that, that, Cody Rhodes. Case. If he's We're in the ladder match, I will shit myself. He can't go with a bit. Jeez, come on, Kate. Voldemort. I'm sorry. I'll say Voldemort. Voldemort, could, just, Voldemort could be in the House of Black. He could. I can't <laughs> see I can't see um Wyndham Rotunda doing it though, because he would be taking a back seat there, which doesn't make sense if you're at that level of a signing. Like and then the only other name that I really think of that's out there, I mean there's more, but like big names would be Swerve and no, I don't see that at all. That doesn't fit well at all. My guess um, right now is that Swerve is like, I'm not into the idea of being in a stable after what 100%. just happened. So like, I I don't know who it is. I, I I just think it would actually be cool if it was from in the company, someone someone underutilized that we just didn't think about. That was like, here we go. This is the guy somehow that makes it, or just Danhausen somehow. <laughs> that would be hysterical. So uh, two things here. Uh, Rob Humphrey says, finally, Braun Strowman makes to AEW. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I could see it fitting, but I don't I don't think that's it. I think he's I really tied in with not. EC3s. Yeah, I think they're doing their their horror fest narrative weirdness. Yeah. And Marky Mark Kayfabe uh, coming through. Uh, says Brody asks, "Who are we waiting for?" And the reply for Malachi is, "History has to be Buddy." I mean, I get it; it makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, it would be nice be cool if it was like I. They have so many guys they don't, which is actually something of the problem. But there's a lot of guys they don't utilize fully, and so it would be cool if they're like, you know what? Let's pull one of these guys. Yeah, I would. I'm. It's almost like when they had Jamie Hader. Like nobody was thinking about her. It would be cool if they did something like that, but I, I don't think that is the case. I think it's it's got to be Bud. I got a hot one. Ready? Here's, here it is. Here's the hot one. Turns his back on his boys in the Dark Order. Negative one. Ooh. I was actually thinking like 10 or something would be fun if you wanted to go in that direction. Like it would be, it would be cool to have somebody defect from the from the Dark order. If you're into those types of orders, for more mark orders. But. Yeah, the, the most evil child alive. Negative one. It's negative one. 
Perfect. Um, so that was Dynamite. Uh, Rampage Friday night. Obviously, we'll talk about that next week. Um, so guys, a couple things. I mean, we talked about the big news of the week, but just a couple other things that have been hanging out there that we didn't discuss. Um, uh, on Busted Open Radio, uh, the Briscoes were on, uh, or Jay Briscoe was on. Um, and, um, I guess they were talking about what they had kind of set up thinking, you know, with, uh, FTR and we've all kind of been like, you know, okay, GCW is a good place. Maybe that'll happen there. No, it's gotta be at AEW, even in Atlantic city. Um, we thought that pot, well, I thought there was a moment that possibly it could have been the Briscoes in that opening segment with CM Punk, um, didn't happen. So, um, you know, they asked about kind of what's going on. And Jay said, when that shit went down at final battle, and I'm quoting this all here, by the way, when that shit went down at final battle, we haven't heard shit from him since. Now that's, a, that's the bullshit right there. Tony Khan, listen to me, either shit or get off the pot. You ever heard that saying shit or get off the pot? That's the whole thing, man. So the last Ring of Honor show, we go out there, blow the frickin' roof off the place, man. By the way, I like how he edited frickin' and he's saying <laughs> shit like five Um Then everybody want to clap for us. We finally, we got the family there. We bought a frickin' bus up with with 50 people on there, man. We trying to say thank you to everybody, and here they come. Now what? Now they come, but now, but now shit. Let's do something, man. That's some bullshit. What y'all trying to do to us, it's almost like they're trying to sabotage us, man, and that's some bullshit. So it looks like the Briscoes want it to happen, but nothing else has really come through about it. So nobody really knows what's going on, unless it's all work, because it's wrestling. So I think that. <laughs> I mean, of course. But uh, interesting that it continues to come up, uh, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know what name we did not mention for House of Black? That would be a very big signing. Who's Samoa that? Joe. Samoa Joe would be interesting. I, I don't could... think you have him there, though. There's just too much natural stuff with like Punker out there, right? And yeah, I mean, and... again, second fiddle to Malachi Samoa Joe. That doesn't. <laughs> but him next to Brody King intrigues me. That's the only reason I thought of it as like a possibility because Brody King and Samoa Joe is, is, damn. There any, <laughs> is there any other ROH guy that that would fit that mold I don't no, know they all were kind of more like and yeah like if you were going to bring in like Shane Taylor Shane Taylor would be with Keith Lee like everybody's kind of lined up that way or would make no sense for that kind of gimmick well it could have been maybe like um I don't know if they're up. like a big signing. Like you could do that with like Vincent. That could get real weird and fun. Yeah. Who was who's the other one that that was with Vincent and Brody and I think at one point Marty. Uh Flip? Fuck. Who? Flip, Flip Gordon? No, not Flip. Fuck Flip. Um <laughs> No, he had the mustache and I think he wore the one white contact. I can't remember his fucking name. That Either paper way. wasn't in it, right? No. I don't know. I can't remember. Either way, there were a couple. I mean, there are a couple guys from Ring of Honor that it could be. And yeah, Kate, to your point, like Vincent could work. And 
I like Vincent Bateman. Thank you, Marky Mark Kayfabe. It was Bateman oh, and, duh, and Kyle K. Yes. Sparks. Marky Mark Kayfabe also says PCO, but I think he signed, he signed to Impact. So Tony Deppin. God no. no. <laughs> I love Deppin. Not in that spot. I love Tony Deppin. But that's hey, he was nice. a part of Violence Unlimited. I'm just pulling up things here. It's very true. So, guys, um, some interesting news. AEW has signed 16-year-old phenom Nick Wayne. So cool. He was supposed to appear at GCW's Hammerstein Ballroom show in Manhattan, but um, <laughs> legally he couldn't work because of his age, so he got pulled off of the show. Um, so uh, he was in Washington. Um Seattle on Saturday, February 12th, Wayne challenged Christopher Daniels for the interim uh, Defy World title at uh, the promotion's fifth anniversary show. Um, Daniels retained, but uh, the moment came after the match. Darby Allen appeared and offered him a contract to join AEW, which Wayne accepted. So pretty crazy, super young talent, um, you know, but. Uh, He's got a lot of upside. If he can stay healthy and continue on the path he's been, that could be a an out of this world signing for AEW. Billy Starks next, please. <laughs> Guys, we also got news this week that AEW is returning to Long Island uh, during Kate's birthday week. Apparently, um, I like how Kate also, by the way, softly threw it out there to our text group, like. You know, it's my birthday. This could be a lot of fun. And none of us, we just no sold it. Nobody said anything. Completely. Just nothing. But the big news there is that um, they did announce that uh, with tickets, uh, with a ticket announcement uh, on May 11th, it would be the opening of the Owen Hart uh, tournament. They did mention it. They did mention it on air tonight, but uh, that will be when we start the Owen Hart Foundation uh, tournament. Uh, That will be uh, May 11th. So keep an eye out for that. Hell yeah. I'm excited for that tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take them all the way to uh, all out or all in. Excuse me, not all out. It should take them all the way to all in. Shout out to Rob Humphrey for saying, Ryan, you need to stay home and run Twitter. Yes. <laughs> it, it's Long Island. I will be staying home. That's just, that's a drive and a half for me. My island is mid, so you're not missing out on anything. Yeah, it's I mean, not even if, like it's AC where you're like, all right, we'll do something after. It's fucking Long Island. Yeah. I mean, I'll, if we decide we want to go, like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, but like, I don't have to go to Long Island. No, I get it. It's like, I would be doing it around my birthday, and even I'm like, eh. But if Matt buys us, unlimited hot dog and bathroom breaks (laughs) now you know what that means that means we get there as soon as the doors open and we take down as many hot dogs as we can and their dessert tray oh we uh guys the other thing that was announced was battle of the belts 2 is going to be taping apparently on friday april 15th the thought is that they will air it the next night on april 16th at 8 p.m uh, just like the first Saturday night show they did on January 8th. Nothing's been confirmed yet. That is just the early thought. 
but they are promoting the fact that um, they will be returning to the Colwell Center Friday, April 15th for a live Rampage and Battle of the Belts taping. So um, that's when it'll likely, you know, tape and then air the next night. But we'll see what happens. So Battle of the Belts 2, guys, Keith Lee is featured on the ad mat for that show. So we'll see what happens. Interesting. Yes. Um, and that means that we can do another uh, bonus show. Hell okay. yeah. A bonus. Um, and then, guys, this is the last thing I have because it was making the rounds. Um, Saturday night, February 12th, Thunder Rosa faced Athena at a Warrior Wrestling Show in Cicero, Illinois. Um, uh, for those who don't know, because we've said Athena quite a few times, uh, that is Ember Moon. Um, it went to a 30-minute draw. Um, and, uh, that should be the story, but because, uh, because of reportedly a handful of assholes making disrespectful and racist comments, uh, the story turned, uh, into Thunder Rosa being a badass and basically, (laughs) um, you know, uh, ripping apart, uh, these fans. There's a video that's out there. Uh, but after the match, she uh, Thunder Rosa got on the microphone and let um, let those people have a piece of her mind. She said, I want to tell everybody that's been talking shit about what we do today here. Have some respect for these women that are putting their lives in danger uh, to the idiot that was saying bad stuff about us. You don't have no right to talk about us like that. We're just like one of the boys in the back. If you come to a show and you're being disrespectful to the athletes, you have no right to be here. Uh, so, um, shout out to Thunder Rosa, badass in the ring, badass on the mic, badass in life. And Kate, anytime she sees her, will ugly cry. That is extremely accurate. Uh, the match was also fantastic. I went back and watched it, not because of the promo, but because I heard good things. Athena looked great. (laughs) So, uh, very much looking forward to hopefully she's she shows up at some point that would make me very happy well yeah kate you're you're not the only person like kyle k spark said the show was awesome you can get it on fight featured uh dante martin versus bandito santana versus speedball mike bailey uh briscoe's against anthony henry and jd drake great stuff so it's out there if you want to see it go check it out but guys that is it. That's all I got. Nothing else. We're done. Would it be great if I just played the music and we were like, <laughs> so you or you um, didn't play the music, you just just ended this broadcast. Boom. Yeah. Click. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's all we got for tonight. Uh Kate, you've got a ton of shit going on, so I'm gonna let you <laughs> Do your plugs. So much stuff going on. Tomorrow I'm on a podcast that's a movie podcast with someone from wrestling named Doc Mueller, who's always supporting us. Um, but we're just talking about that thing you do, which I'm really excited about because I love that movie. Um, him and Tom over at Bleacher Report. That's going to be a fun one. Fridays, as always, uh, with Sean Rostap on the AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show. I'm sure it'll be uneventful over there. Nothing happening in the world of AEW that people want to talk about. Um, Saturday, what am I doing? Oh, Elimination Chamber post show on Fightful Select. Uh, there are two post shows. We're doing the 
paywall post show because I bring the money, people. That'll be happening probably around 9 o'clock. So if you are a Fightful Select subscriber, tune in for that. If you're not, join Fightful Select. It's 5 bucks a month. It's the most accurate breaking news in wrestling. What are you doing? Come on, let's go. We're not lying about roads to the top over at Fightful. Let's go. My goodness. <laughs> Uh, so that's everywhere. Just trying to push it along to the end here. That's everywhere you can see Kate Schlong. Why don't you follow that up? Where are you going to be on Mondays and Tuesdays? I'm live tweeting Elevation and Dark at Mark Order Pod because it's the only Twitter I use. Um, then on Wednesdays, I'm here this Saturday. I'm doing the Elimination Chamber post show on Fightful Select, apparently replacing some some woman who just is just too much all (laughs) over the place. So they said, Get rid of her, bring me in. Um, no, I don't obviously be doing that. Go ahead. <laughs> I won't have watched the show, but uh Oh, neither I'm, will my co-host. That's part of the gimmick for this. He doesn't I mean, I'm not waking up at nine o'clock to watch her fucking pay-per-view. Jesus Christ. I don't blame you. Uh, not on a weekend. Uh no, that's really just follow me at Mark Order Pod and I say follow me, but follow us. But that's what I do with my time. Follow me and everything is alright. No. I'll be the one to talk you in at night. I think. No. Um. And if you want to leave, I, I can, can guarantee. Just keep doing the mute thing. I'm just trying to get us to the end, folks. Um, <laughs> so you're trying to say so schlong and good night? No, I'm trying to just remind people to follow us at Mark Order Pod on all social, Twitter. TikTok, Instagram, find us on Facebook, um, uh, subscribe to the YouTube. And like I said, if you are following us on one of those social channels already, you can check out the link tree and get links to all of those other channels. Give us a follow uh, and subscribe to the YouTube. We are appreciative of all of that. And uh, on any of those channels where you can DM us, I can't tell if Ryan's holding this pose, by the way. He's or... holding it, but I was wondering if it froze. I'm just going to keep talking. So, um, <laughs> take a so, really long time, actually, and see if his arm falls down. Yeah. Um, so, if you're following us on any of those channels, I mentioned it before, uh, and you would like some free Mark Order podcast stickers, you can DM us your name and address anywhere in the world. I will send you stickers. And uh, you don't have to do anything. I'll worry about all the postage and all that fun stuff. Uh, Just tell me where to send them and I'll get them out. If you have been watching us tonight on YouTube, we say hello and thank you, everybody. Mark K. Fabe, uh, Rob Humphrey, Asian Joe, Kyle K. Sparks, uh, and uh, Athletically... Trying to find the name. Athletically lazy. Athletically lazy. Yes. Thank you to all the uh, the people who've been chatting along all night. Uh, It's a lot of fun. If you uh, check us out live on YouTube, (laughs) I'm trying to do what I normally do. Uh, If you watch us live, it's a a lot of fun. But if you can't, uh, you can always listen to us in podcast form. You can also find all the links to the podcast on our link tree. Uh, if you do listen to us in any podcast uh, platform, we would appreciate if you uh, subscribe, rate us, review us, any of that stuff. It all helps us out. And check us out in video form sometime because you can see what Ryan's doing right now uh, in his freeze pose, like some cheesy 80s movie. Yeah, it's a breakfast club ending right there. Yep. 
but he's had to hold it for this whole outro, which is amazing. He's regretting this. Uh, and also you see his funky backgrounds, uh, Kate and Buster. And when Matt's here, sometimes he's shirtless. So um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to check us out. Uh, we hope to have the whole crew here next week, but we'll see what everybody's schedules are. Um, guys, a lot of fun. Good episode tonight. We will be back next week at our normal time, 10.15, Wednesday night after Dynamite, here on the Mark Order Podcast. Thanks, everybody, and have a great rest of the evening. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.